Hey, Lights, Camera, Barstool listeners, you can find us every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. For us, golf is simple. It's a chance to get out and have some fun with our friends. But inevitably, little things have a way of ruining it. The group ahead is taking forever. You can't find the fairway with a map. And the Bev cart is nowhere to be found. And the best way to make a bad day better is Fireball Whiskey. You get their nips, the little shooters. They are great. Makes a bad day way, way, way better. Make sure to grab the new Fireball Birdie Shot Club. It's literally a golf club filled with Fireball nips. Put it in your bag. It'll fit right in that side pocket. Drink Fireball nips and have a great time on the golf course. We retired it. That was the. We retired it. That was the ending of the skit. I can't. I can't stop doing it because I just like anytime something happens that I didn't expect was going to happen. I just. I just do the Frank Underwood. Oh, you thought the expected thing was going to happen? Oh, you thought Harrison Butker was going to hit that fifty-five yard field goal the third time in a row? You'd be right. (laughs) You'd be completely correct. You'd be right. But Meacham was there. Meacham and his rather inviting mouth. Uh, I didn't even see. Did the Colts win today? Uh, yeah, they did. They they beat the Vikings. The Vikings look awful. Um, so condolences if you're a Vikings fan. The you know like I I like having a, a exciting running back, Jonathan Taylor, mm-hmm. looking great. Problem is, is running back's not going to build a franchise. So. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, man. And you know what? I'm not, I'm not the best person to comment on the NFL, but it is, it is nice. Um, it's more fun watching the Colts this year than last year. And I, I like mm-hmm. Jacoby Brissett, but like last year was more of that like sense of dread. You, you just, you're in that post Andrew Luck shock phase. Like, what are we going to do? And I think mm-hmm. the answer is just kind of floating mediocrity for years until something happens. Yeah, because they still had, like, a shit ton of cap or something, right? Like, after, I think, last year, because they didn't really sign, I don't think, much. 
And they I don't I, I don't know what the cap. I mean, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan on. It. The thing is, like, I would get into it if we had this is you got to have your quarterback right like mm-hmm. you got to have a good quarterback and philip rivers is a good hall of fame quarterback at the end of his career and not the long-term answer it's just hard like in that that's where the colts fans have been spoiled because we haven't really had that dilemma since 1998 mm-hmm. um <laughs> so I, I don't know but you know it's it, it, the the bare minimum it's nice just to be able to watch football like it feels like a luxury at this point like having these games on and I do no, like right. the piped in crowd noise. Like I was watching the Chiefs, the, we were watching the Chiefs and Chargers the end of so that fun. together. Yeah, the SoFi, like the whole thing. Nice. Yeah, it, well, it looks nice in the same way that like, um, yeah, an Apple store looks nice. I mean, you know, yeah. they don't feel like stadiums anymore. They feel like uh, monuments to. It's almost like a theme park. I don't know how else to explain yeah. it. In a sense, like everything's super manicured. Yeah. In, in well, a weird way. Well, and, you know, it's it's cool from a, a you know giganticness standpoint, but the the thing is, is, like, stadium design is really cool. You think about like all the you know exist. There aren't many like legendary football stadiums. I think like all the legendary. Well, okay, that aren't college, but even if you look at the college football stadiums, like you know those those that have history and they've built onto them and expanded them, and they're no longer recognizable in their current form format because they hold a hundred thousand people now, um, but they still have like that old ass feel to them. And that like sucks if you're at the Rose Bowl and you're in the concourse, but it's like, there's something about being at the Rose Bowl, being out in the stands that, that feels like great. Like, you know, you don't have all those fucking like monstrosity boxes lording over you. You don't have flashing scoreboards and advertising. It's, it's kind of a pure experience, but there's like a level of like, uh, I think grittiness to certain, like certain cities I think need to have a less high tech stadium. Like I wouldn't want SoFi. I don't think SoFi stadium would exist in like Pittsburgh or something like that, or like even like in a Brown stadium, but like they, I think in a huge market, even though like in LA, they don't give a fuck about football in a big, classy market like that i think you need a classy looking stadium at least to try and draw people in because again they don't give a fuck about football well it's unlike a, it's a, like know, Rust it's Belt a, cities yeah it's kind of like what they do with like the u.s open golf courses right like if you, if you look at like the u.s open pga championship courses like they'll, they'll throw a new one in the mix every now and then but like you know they'll they'll keep coming back to the um like oakmonts and and shit like that like pretty regularly um mm-hmm. And so you need those, like, you need those big tentpole stadiums to host events on a recurring basis. So, like, Los Angeles, like, it's not only going to host the teams, but that'll be the site for, like, the Super Bowl probably every four to five years from here on out. It's because they've mm-hmm. invested so much money into it. Um, and that whole thing's going to be a complex. And I think the NFL Films has moved their headquarters there. So, it's, it's you know, it's basically going to be the West Coast, if not already, the West Coast operations for the NFL. I don't know that much about it, just from what I read about it. What's going on, man? I ordered uh, Ghost of Tsushima because I will be back in my apartment at sometime soon. I looked at the fucking legendary edition for that game. And, like, it came with so much cool stuff. It came with, like... Um, like a battle flag it came with like miniatures it came with like all the cool shit that like i love from uh, collector's editions from anything but like it was 260 dollars or something and i was like tough. i don't know if i like this game that much i don't even play it yet that's like 260 dollars is like should come with the ps4 money exactly yeah collector's edition i think when i bought because i had my the last x the xbox 360 i owned was the like a i think like the call of duty modern warfare 2 version and then mm. I think that was the same cost. It came, it was decorated, it came with the, the, the game, it came with two controllers, it came with like all that shit. And this is literally just a game with a bunch of toys that I'm just going to like, decorate my room with. 
Yeah, but you know, it's, it's nice having knickknacks. The issue is like there's there's the different quality with like a lot of the limited edition stuff. I remember when Fallout was it Fallout seventy six? Seventy six, yeah, yeah. I remember that, that. that? I mean, that had like a limited edition come out, and you know they promoted this like twill tote bag, and this bag ended up being this polyurethane piece of shit, and mm-hmm. it was just like insold on top of the shit porridge that was already that game, and people got pretty mad about it. But then there are some like. Um, I know like like some of the Final Fantasies typically like you know because that's a whole blitz of marketing especially more in Japan yeah. I think I think the shit that comes with them is pretty nice. Oh, we can talk about that. That's actually I believe our second news item. We can talk about that now. Just the PS5 titles that came out or just that they demoed, which would be yeah. Final Fantasy, Spider-Man Two, and God of War Ragnarok. But you talk Final Fantasy because that's your that's your thing. I feel like. Yeah, um, I mean Final Fantasy. It's weird because I I love the older Final Fantasies more than the newer Final Fantasies, but but I, I also admit, and I haven't played the online ones by the way, but I, I will also I admit that you couldn't do like a turn based like a typical turn based real time strategy game today. Like Persona Five was like pretty good, but like I think people are expecting that more live. Uh, combat system and i think they they were like final fantasy 15 was good and i think final fantasy 7 was okay but they brought on the um devil may cry guy uh or mm-hmm. like one of the, one of the leads on devil may cry to be the combat uh system designer for final fantasy 16 so i'm excited about that and i like that they're going back to uh like a setting that's closer to final fantasy 9 and from what i hear it's closer to like the setting in the online version so i, I enjoy mm-hmm. that i think that would be good but I want like more characters. That that was the problem I had with Final Fantasy 15. I didn't like having the same party the whole game. It was suffocating, and then the whole story was just really stupid. I thought the whole message was that like dudes rock. That was that was the game. <laughs> that kind of like, rules actually. Yeah, I mean it rules like ironically, but like when you're playing a 30 hour, maybe one even 30 hour, like 50, 25 hour game, and the whole thing's like dudes rock. Like I get it. Like dudes can be friends, but you know it's like I don't know. Just like in my face yeah and that what do you think about spider-man too. like so so is spider-man is that the miles morales uh is that a full yeah. game or is that an expansion I, it's a full it's gonna be full game on ps5 as far as at least that's what i understood from the trailer anyway i i feel like all i got of this was the trailers because I, I was busy when they were releasing all that but i just watched them all and recap on youtube but it looked fucking awesome and i think one of the things i i liked about um the spider-man game was just that it reminded me almost of assassin's creed in a sense mm-hmm. but it wasn't such like a contrived fucking weird plot like every assassin's creed has become it's just like you know straightforward it's spider-man shit and they didn't try and give you origin story or any of that like they're just like here you're in the middle of spider-man like now just do it you do it do it you're the spider-man the well, mechanics they, were cool and all that was just i, I liked it they nailed the feeling of being spider-man like the feeling yeah. of, of swinging and then going up to a high building and then diving off the building and getting 10 feet from the ground and throwing a rope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Spider-Man just loves those ropes in uh, swinging. And I think anything they added to that, like that, that's where I feel like they got away on the Assassin's Creed games is like the Odyssey in, in I liked, I liked origins a little more than Odyssey, but yeah, Odyssey felt like it was enjoyable, but I remember like the earlier Assassin's Creed games had more of that focus on like crowd stealth and mm-hmm. actually assassinating people and being silent about it. And what Odyssey felt like, it felt like an action game with some elements of like, combat. Yeah. Combat with some elements of stealth. And and I, I get it like that, you know, game design has gotten to the point where like, 
that's probably what they need to go with in order to be competitive and just having a big role and giving people everything they need to do in the game. Um, but that's why like something like Spider-Man, where if you look at the map between Odyssey, it's like obviously much smaller, but they made the actual travel in, in world denser, which I think is probably better for, for game design. So I'm excited for Miles Morales. I don't think I'll get a PS5 at launch just because I didn't pre-order last week. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, I feel like even, even people who pre-ordered said they might not get it on release day. I do think they're going to yeah. be short shortages with the PS5. Mm-hmm. Um, because of, um, you know, so many people are, you know, like one is PS5 and new PlayStation hasn't come out in years, but more people are inside spending time inside or working from home or might otherwise, uh, have not had, had as much time playing video games as they do now. And so it's probably would be hard to get. I, uh, I've resigned myself to not getting it. I pre-ordered it on Amazon and like shout out to fat kid deals. They put up the, the tweet when they said like, yeah, we're in stock come buy it now so i pre-ordered it because mostly because they don't charge you until the ship which thank god um but i uh what do you call it then i get a message like a week later and they're like yeah just so you know uh if there's a shortage you're just not getting one sorry like i didn't know you could even do that like if i pre-ordered i thought i had a slot essentially i was in like in queue for it no man that's uh yeah and then that's the thing is i don't know if i could have taken that like the feeling mm-hmm. of getting through on the pre-order and getting a note saying, well, maybe not. And by the way, you don't know when your PS5 is coming. So I'm sure I'll regret it not having a place in line when like push comes to shove and it's November and everybody's posting pictures of Spider-Man posting, posting pictures. What is this? 2001. They're playing on Twitch. I'm not going to exactly. join cause I don't want to spoil it. You know, you know what though? You know what I'm a truther of? I'm, I'm a truther on this rock gate thing. Yeah. That's the next thing. The rock destroying his gate. Yeah, can you can you explain it like for, in case okay. anybody hasn't seen it? Yeah, so if you don't follow The Rock on Instagram, which like I think if you join Instagram, that's like almost the Tom Anderson of Instagram. Yeah. Like they make you follow him. Like you, if you don't follow him, you you purposely unfollowed him. Uh, but he posted um, just a picture of a destroyed front gate to a, a nice house, saying, "Not my finest hour, but a man's got to work. We experienced a power outage due to severe storms, causing my front gate to not open." Yada, yada, yada. I had to go to a movie but uh, movie shoot for, I believe it was Red, the one he's doing with Ryan Reynolds and a couple other people. And I pushed, I pulled it, and I ripped the gate completely off myself, tore it out of the brick wall, severed the steel hydraulics, and threw it on the grass. My security team was able to meet the gate condition and welders an hour later, and they were apparently in disbelief and equally scared. Not my finest hour, but I got to go to work. And I, oh, it's for Black Adam. And I think I'm 100 ready to be Black Adam. Hashtag rip gates. So rip it to Bill Gates. He died in the process of this gate being destroyed. Just um, never knew you. I don't know. It, 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 I don't want to doubt The Rock. I like The Rock. But I, I do feel like ever since I started becoming a truther on his cheat meal thing, where he obviously doesn't eat the meals he's, he's cheating with, sample size that one video where he pushed the pancakes aside or whatever. Mm. I don't know what happened to this gate. But he could have ran into it with his car. That's it what I thought. It could have gotten blown off with the wind. Like, it, it just seems like you're the rock. Like, I know you got to go to work, but pe- people are going to wait for you. Like, you know, like you are Black Adam. They can't shoot the movie without Black Adam. Yeah, you're the biggest star in the world. And I'm sure people would understand, you know, if there was a 15 minute delay. And um, so, you know, it, look, it probably did happen. It's more fun to speculate that it didn't. I, I think that 
there should be security footage of this if it's at his front gate. I'd like to see that. There's a camera in the shot. There's a camera yeah, literally show. in the shot of the picture he put up. So he should release the footage. If he really tore down the gate, I want to see the footage. Don't just release <laughs> the actual gate itself. Like, it would have been better with the footage. I want to see that. And that, that's why, like, those two things coming together, I feel like maybe the weather did it. Or maybe somebody backed their car into it. And, you know, he just kind of seized on it to do a little brand building. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because I 100% believe that The Rock could rip open that gate. Mm-hmm. It's not a matter of disbelieving The Rock could tear apart that gate. I think he could. I just... I just don't know until I see that video if that actually happened. It's, it, it doesn't make sense to me for a number of reasons. Number one, I don't know why he would risk hurting himself, tearing down this gate just to be at a shoot on time. When like, again, him not being hurt is like the, the, the driver for Mickey being the most high paid star in the world for the last like three years straight. Number two, like if he, the whole point is he needs to get out of his properties so that he can drive to work. And why would he not just drive his car through this? If that was the big problem, he has a giant fucking indestructible truck that anyone would fix for free. I'm sure he would do that. And also, I think that in this picture alone, because in the back of the picture, you see three green trash bags. I think this proved your cheat meal thesis because those are, I'm pretty sure, comp- uh, compost trash bags. Like there's three, you could see them if you pick on the huh? picture. There's three compost garbage bags in the background on his street. Like yeah. being put out. That's the cheat meal. Uh, oh, you just dumping all his cheat meals into the compost yeah. garbage bags? That's the, of, that's take a look at of, it. Take a look at the picture. A bunch like, of flies and maggots and, and just feeding back to the earth via some waffles. Exactly. He's giving all of those like rich, nice proteins from the sushi right back to the earth, putting them into the green giant garbage bags, which they're only for food. I don't have ever seen like blue is for recyclables. Most I think in most places, I don't know if that's true. It's probably not, but I'm looking at it. And I think that you just, we just proved your first stay woke theory. I don't know. I, I, I I, I definitely believe he doesn't eat the cheat meals because I, I, I think I think he's, no look, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing that keeps you coming back to the gate. If, if he if he's dedicated enough to not eat the cheat meals then maybe he didn't tear. Maybe he did tear down the gate. So maybe like one of the theories has to be false for the other to be true. Because I, I know yeah. he has dedication. I, I think he's probably telling the truth. It's just more fun. It just it's just it's not normal to tear off a gate. Right. Like that's just not. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to get at is like, that's just not behavior that I understand because I, one, I couldn't afford to repair a gate and two, I couldn't physically tear down a gate myself. So it's just hard for me to relate to that story. He said he pressed through the hydraulics like this. This is the rocks house. You're telling me his security isn't good enough that a person can just push through the gate. Not even just a car. It's a human being. I don't know. man. I did. Just, that was a nice wall though. I did like the brickwork on that wall. Mm-hmm. It was a very nice wall. Um, the next thing is uh, they did a table read of Fast Times, uh, Ridgemont High, and it had the original cast plus a bunch of other people. It had Brad Pitt. It had um, Jennifer Aniston, Matthew McConaughey, um, a bunch of just like a giant cast. Shia LaBeouf is in it. Uh, Morgan Freeman, a bunch of people. But everyone was just talking about it, so I felt like I should add it. I don't yeah. really – I don't watch any of these. And they've done, I feel like, a bunch of these things. I just don't really care for them. Yeah, I, I... – so, I mean, Shia, I think, got, um, got some pub because you, he was doing it from a car and smoking at the same time. Yeah. He was doing the Spicoli uh, read, and, and he just was, you know, he was doing a Shia LaBeouf thing, which it's like sometimes you don't, you don't know if he's doing a bit or if that's just him. And I think that's a bit in and of itself. 
Yeah. So it's cool. It's very on brand for Shia LaBeouf. I think, I think it's one of those things at first it's kind of annoying, but like when you do it long enough, it gets to the point where that's just like an accepted part of that person's personality. And like, you're like, okay, I think that's kind of neat. He just, he's consistent. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't watch this. I'm not like a huge fast times guy. Like I think fast times, like when I think of fast times, like I think of the person who would like this table read the most it would have to be Bill Simmons. I feel like Bill Simmons <laughs> oh, yeah. is, is the exact Rewatchable person. Rewatchable exa- had a whole episode for this, I'm sure. Because he's, he's like, he's the right age where, you know, the, that, that Phoebe Kate scene would have like the right mm-hmm. amount of impact on him. And like that oh, was Look like, at those knockers. Isn't that crazy? That shit's <laughs> great. Oh my God. That's like, those two, they remind me of, you remember when, when, when Larry Bird, he won the three-point contest? It's just like that. Yeah, but I, I, that's like I, that's what I feel like gets excited for these table reads. And then the the other one that he, they did that I thought was kind of cool, even though I had no interest in it, um, was the, the there's this big thing around the Princess Bride. And I don't think it was yeah. necessarily a table read as much as it was just like a, a poor, I mean, an intentionally poorly done reconstruction of the movie with lots of different celebrities. And I think that's kind of neat that you know they can coordinate and everybody can get together and it's some form of entertainment for those who want to see it, but um i'm like i i I don't know if there's like i'm trying to think of a movie that would get me interested to see a table read like it it would have to have it it would have to be like honestly it'd have to be like little giants or something with rick moranis (laughs) um and i I know there was a commercial with him and he kind of returned via that commercial with ryan reynolds but it had to be something with rick moranis like somebody who's gone away for a while and you haven't seen from and you just like want to hear their voice again, like that, that would be the thing to get me into one of these table reads. Other than that, like, you know, what would be cool is if they did a table read with the people that were supposed to get the role. Like if they yeah, did the yeah, matrix yeah. with Will Smith. That would be amazing. Um, actually. I, I think that'd be kind of cool. Cause then the, you know, you get their thoughts on like missing out on the role itself. Like, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's entertainment for those who like want to get it. But I think the actual headlines of them themselves is kind of more the, the Shia LaBeouf territory of him just being wacky on camera. Maybe not even missed out on roles, but people that auditioned to for roles but didn't get them. Oh, that'd be because neat. there's like a ton of those too. Like, yeah. like very good actors and actresses that just didn't have the reputation at the time and didn't get um, certain roles. But that would actually be awesome. That's a good idea. Um, the next thing, the we boss call, baby. We should call all our celebrity friends. Get that put together. <laughs> Yeah, we could we could easily do that. Text PFT and, and Big Cat and have them reach out to Anna Kendrick and Zach Efron. Just like let's get that going. Yeah, get the ball rolling, and then we could be the guys that said like we we put all this together. Like we'll, we'll do the what's the intern Troy thing that I did at the end of the the burger thing, which would be like a product of Trill and Ken Jack at the end of it. <laughs> just right in your we, fucking face. It would just give us an executive producer credit. Yes, exactly. Idea. Um. Uh, the next thing up is the Boss Baby cast, uh, Jeff Goldblum, James Marsden, and Amy Sedaris. Um, the plot for this, I didn't read it. Apparently, it's been out for a while, the plot anyway. And um, uh, it's kind of insane. So if you remember the, 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 the first one, it's essentially just about the Boss Baby and his, his older brother. And this, um, Tim and his, mm-hmm. little, his Boss Baby little bro, Ted, have become adults and have drifted away from each other. Tim is now a married dad. Ted is a hedge fund CEO, but a new boss baby with a cutting edge approach and a can-do attitude is going to bring them together again and inspire a new family business. And is it's one all of them about going to have a boss baby. That, yeah. So that... Tim, Tim has okay. the new boss baby, which is voiced by Amy Sedaris. And so Tim is the 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 idiot one, or is he the boss baby? Tim is the Tim is the bro, uh, brother. 
and, brother of the uh, boss baby. Yeah, and Ted is the boss baby. Still going to be voiced by Alec Baldwin, I guess. Yeah, that's still yeah. going to be Alec Baldwin. And then um, I think the new cast is is Marsden, who's taking over for Tobey Maguire. And uh, uh, I think that's it. And then there were, I think the other two were, I want to say, uh, shoot, who's the Jimmy Kimmel? No. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel's coming back no, for Jen's. Yeah, the other Jimmy. There's too there's too many fucking Jimmys. Uh, shitty name too. No offense to the Jimmys. Out Jimmy, there. I don't like it. I like my Jimmy. brother, my brother, my little brother. Uh, his name is James, and he went by Jimmy for a little bit, and I just didn't. It didn't work. You gotta have the right last name with Jimmy. Yeah, like like it's true. If your name's Jimmy O something, like perfect, yeah, perfect yeah. Jimmy, perfect Jimmy name, name. Yeah, or like even most Irish stuff, or even English names, I think kind of like Jimmy Smith. There's a Jimmy Smith. I think that's like a athlete of some sort, right? Probably. Crazy. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, it's it's the boss baby. It's Oscar the first one Oscar nominated for best hate. animated feature. It's set, it was Hans Zimmer was on the track on the first one, and he's coming back for the for this new one. Hans Zimmer on the track, ho. That's his tag. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Boss baby was something that it was for some reason it was ridiculous in concept when it came out. Cause it just felt like it felt like the bottom of the barrel in terms of these animated movies, because it's just like, okay, we know what you people like it's fucking babies and pets and all these animated movies are going to be about animals and secret life of pets and babies and continue this cycle on and on and on. But I, I think the actual boss baby movie was quite enjoyable. It, 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 I agree. Alec Baldwin, I thought was like, you know, he basically just did his whole um, Jack lemon or whatever. He, or yeah. J- uh, Jack, um, not Who's Jack Lemmon. That's the actor. That's yeah, the actor Jack, from Glenn Gary Gary Ross. Yeah, uh, uh, but, but he Jack, did he he did his uh, Thirty Rock character. Yeah, but what's Jack? What? Someone's screaming at their yeah. fucking car right now. Thirty Rock, Jack, uh, Donahue, Donahue, Donahue. Yeah, he did he did, he did that in baby form, boss baby, cute little yeah. boss baby. It's cute. I mean, you got him. I like Tobey Maguire's voice too in that movie. I, I think it's that's one of those movies like we shit on it. Because you know it's it's the boss baby. It's funny, but at the same time, like when you actually watch the movie, it's like a decent blend of like adult and family humor. You know what I mean? Not like adult adult humor, but like little jokes that clearly kids won't get, but adults will. And I, I think I appreciate that sort of thing. And the yeah, uh, the, the control alt delete strip uh, was the lost baby. Yeah, <laughs> that was so stupid. The loss is one of the. <laughs> funniest things of all time um well they're doing something different which i think i think they must have watched the animated series because the animated series sucks and it's just because they're just doing the boss baby thing and every episode is him just being the boss baby and we got a new corporate ish type problem to solve or solve it with my like boss baby approach Mm -hmm. um so you know this is this conceit maybe allows for a uh you know what it's going to do it's going to be a little reflection on the characters and how they've drifted apart. It's exactly. Well, no, that's going to yeah, feel good. It's family. It's, it's boss baby. What is it? The family business or something. I think that's the title of the new one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Boss baby, the family business, the family affair. Do you get, Jeff Goldblum's going to play like a, uh, a scientist of some sort that's involved with the new boss baby. And you get kicked out. Like, do they fire you? Do they give you a golden parachute from the boss baby company when you age out of the company, or do you have to retire from being a boss baby? So before I read these plot details, I would assume that they would like Men in Black memory wipe you or something when you retired, okay. kind of like in Men in Black, literally. But uh, I just thought that that would be the the go to thing because no one else can know about Boss yeah. Baby Corporation. Well, it seems like if you grew up knowing about the 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 you know 
details of the boss baby corporation, you kind of maybe look for seams at the rest of life and yeah. think that there's other, you know, industries behind things like, um, you know, like what are other uh, natural phenomenons like tornadoes? Yeah. Like tornadoes. Is, is there like an entire company of nat- weather babies? Mm-hmm. I don't know why that to be babies. Well, it's a boss baby. Boss baby, boss, well, boss baby. If the boss baby is behind that stuff. They're also behind bad companies too. Like they're behind Enron. They're behind British Petroleum. <laughs> baby Enron, baby Enron. <laughs> the baby, the Enron baby was the worst baby for sure. That's the, the, that was their defense in court. <laughs> it was like, goo goo gaga, your honor. We we're just babies. We, we, we didn't, didn't know. Better. We didn't know we were, we were misdating our assets and balance sheet. Um, yeah, okay. Boss baby. Yeah. That's boss baby. Uh, the last thing, uh, the Croods 2 is releasing a month early and they released a brand new poster. Uh, it's the Croods 2. What was, what the fuck is the name of it again? It's, uh, more Croods. Was it more Croods? No, they fuck. I just lost. The, I just lost my link of the picture. But it was well because they like changed the, it from Croods two to to Croods something. Yeah, right? it's the Croods two, a new age. It, yeah, the Croods a new age, and they're bumping it. This is the first time I think in the last year we're talking about a, like a studio bumping forward a movie, like because they they're, they're they, I think they're originally scheduled for December, and now they're going to do release it in uh, November, a month early in the theater. Crazy. Oh yeah, theatrically released uh, right in time for Thanksgiving. Exactly, because who doesn't think about you know, the crudes around Thanksgiving time? You know, you're eating your nana's cream pie, and you're just like, "Whoa!" This- oh, <laughs> no, no, I mean, like, come on. I know, Some I, know have I know, but just, just that. <laughs> I just didn't. I didn't like the way that sounded. You're you're eating your grandma's, you know, famous nut pie, and then you're like, okay. I'm thinking about Nick Cage as the crude, as as Gru Crude or whatever his no Greg Crude, right? What was his name? Grug, Grug. It's Grug because it's like Grug Greg, crude. but a caveman version of Greg. Exactly, yeah. Which is perfect name for I think an average everyday caveman. But this is huge news for us, I think, in the podcast in general. The first movie being bumped up is is our good boys, the Crudes too. I uh, I don't really like, despite me talking about the Crudes a lot. I I think I prefer I you know the Crudes are fine. I prefer Boss Baby to the Crudes. You do? Oh, I didn't expect. Yeah, that. I you know the Crudes is just um, uh, there's something about the Crudes that just feels weird, feels off. It's the Crudes, DreamWorks, just like yeah. uh, what do you call well, it? Boss, Boss Baby, Boss exactly. DreamWorks. Yeah, the same the same thing. Except one's cavemen. I mean, they're probably equal. I. I I don't know what it is about the Croods. It's just kind of like, I think part of it is just getting Nick Cage in there and just being like, okay, dude, just do your thing. It's like, well, you don't have any direction for me. It's like, no, just read these lines as if like you're you reading lines. As, as a caveman. caveman. They, uh, I feel like he's not necessarily a caveman actor. Like Patrick Warburton is a guy I would cast as a caveman voice. They're like, Was he not in the Croods? Oh, he should have been in the Croods. He should have been in the Croods. Yeah, Patrick Warburton's got a big-time Croods voice. I don't think he's in the Croods, too. Let me see. Croods cast. I think... Okay, so it had Emma Stone, Nick Cage, Ryan Reynolds, Catherine Keener, Clark Duke. Clark Duke does have a great uh, caveman voice. Cloris Leachman, Randy Tom, Dude, and Cor- Chris Cloris Leachman's still killing it. It's crazy. She's so... 90, she, oh, 95? Nine, she has to be 95. 94. That's yeah. in 94. That's insane. And I remember, I think the first movie I saw her in was like probably like Bride of Frankenstein or something. But the first time I'm like, 
oh, that's Cloris Leachman was Beer Fest. And she was so old in that. Now she's just older. It's insane. Still, oh, we're still doing it. I mean, she, she was very, I mean, she's, she's been like, for being 94, she has been very active. If you look at her yeah. filmography. I mean, I, I think that that's, that's kick-ass. I think uh, Clancy Brown would be a good Croods voice. The guy, he is like every anime dub voice ever, but he does um, Mr. Krabs. I think most people recognize him as. Who's the guy that does Bender and also a bunch of the animes we're about to talk about? The uh, double uh, to John, John DiMaggio. John DiMaggio, yeah. Yeah, he would be really good as a crude voice. I don't know. I can't think of many actress voices that would be good for crude. Because well, when I think see, of, but, of caveman voices, I think she's like so deep. So the way they do it on the animated crude show is like all the, the, the crude's family talks normally. But okay. then all everybody around him talks like a caveman, which kind of uh. gives you the kind of gives you the um, except like Ryan Reynolds character because Ryan Reynolds character was like what Homo erectus rather than you know yeah. the Crudes are Neanderthals and he was you know, um, but uh, you think, the, think I think Emma Stone was cast in that just because her name's Stone, they're trying to do a oh, thing. Man, I didn't I didn't really think about that, but that is probably the case. I don't know. Wait, did they get? Yeah, they. Got, I forgot. Cruz got nominated for an Academy Award as well, just like uh, Boss Baby. Although the music was from Adams Alan Silvestri, who did uh, what do you call it? You'll know from I think Back to the Future and Avengers stuff, a whole Marvel crap. Um, so that's kind of like a dual fates right there. The Boss Baby got Hans Zimmer, and they got Alan Silvestri. It's got Clark Duke, like you said. You remember when they brought him onto the Office with the other dude, and like they're two of the worst characters have ever been on television, mm-hmm. and somebody somewhere was like these guys are going to breathe new light life into the show for sure i don't know what he like what, what was he in i caught up time machine time, because it's a big machine. thing right yeah coolest name ever but then you look at his face and you're like you're not you're not a running back from no. rather you're not a fucking um hockey player you're not he's any got, cool you're not a boxer like he's got a vibe you, you know he's got, no. he's got his own vibe but it's not like i agree or do you think of like tight ends for the uh tight end for for like the 49ers exactly yeah that's the, the first thing that comes to mind and then i look at his face and i'm like you're not no your name's like seth or something yeah or you could just he could be a jimmy like he could be a yeah a, a that jimmy, could be a jimmy jimmy duke that would be totally fine with me but anyway that's that's the crudes um we're gonna get into uh <laughs> way we... <laughs> to bring that one home that's, that's the that's, that's the crispy crude. crudes look. talk 2020 Look, when you talk about the crudes, you gotta give them send, the sign up. They send crudes. You've done send crudes before, right? <laughs> no, did we? No, I don't oh, know, no. but it wouldn't be if you're like send crudes and you just get a picture of the crudes and you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> this daddy likey. Oh wait, I'll send that. Wait, but what should what should be the thing? What should be the tweet? Um, hey, my parents are in home. Send crudes. <laughs> <laughs> Can you go to the bathroom and send me some crudes, please? How about that? Should I tweet take, that from take, LCB? Take a picture. No, don't tweet it. No, I want to tweet from LCB. I want to tweet like send crudes. Uh, well, why don't you do like a fake conversation? It just says send crudes, and the other person just sends a, a picture of the crudes back, and it's just a screenshot of that. Oh, it's gonna take too much time. I'll go back and do it. After oh we yeah, I mean. Okay, so uh, I forgot we we're supposed to do that thing where like you you to say what you're gonna do in the rest of the podcast at the beginning, but. So this is what we're going to do. We already did the news. We're going to do Princess Mononoke review because this is Miyazaki Monday because you're listening to this on Monday. Uh, we're going to do our top five Studio G movies. Uh, we're going to do our top five animes. And then we have a draft uh, with Coley, Nick, and KB for our most disappointing children coming up soon. 
Uh, but first, we have to have a word from our sponsor, Mac Weldon. Uh, the new normal uniform has a lot of us searching our closets and drawers for men's essentials that aren't there. So instead of the usual business casual button-ups and jeans, it's soft-knit polos, tees, joggers, and active shorts. But Shorts with men's... suspenders. Like flea exactly. shorts with suspenders. Like, exactly like flea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the bassist from Red Hot Chili Peppers. I'm, just loves... I'm dressing like the bassist from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mac <laughs> Weldon, help me. Exactly. So, but whatever. I just exactly. wear a sock on my penis. Yeah, that you walk around day to day with a sock on your penis. Instead of doing that, whatever men's basics you need, Mac Weldon has you covered with unmatched comfort and fit. I mean, I they like they obviously they send us stuff for ahead of the ads, and like I legitimately only want to wear my Mac Weldon underwear because they're incredibly comfortable. Like not even just when I'm like podcasting, blogging, whatever, sitting down. I don't get like swamp ass or anything, which I do with my shitty Hanes. And what do you call it? When I'm like running or walking or exercising, they still feel really good and they're like loose, which I like. They're not like loose, but they're airy. I feel like you get good circulation out of them, which is yeah. rare and underwear. Yeah, and their shirts feel great. And they, you know, they have socks, shirts, hoodies, underwear, polos, active shorts, and they uh, promise comfort and a consistent fit. Look good, feel great from working out, going out to going to work on a date. Mac Weldon is for everyday life. They have um, silver, they have air knits, they have dry knit, they have warm knit. And now they have Weldon Blue, which is a totally free loyalty program. Um, level one gets you free shipping for life, which is crazy. And then level two, you only get to a, you can get to with $200. You get 20% every order for the rest of the next year, which is an insane bargain when you kind of think about it. Uh, and they like you to be comfortable. And if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep it and they'll still refund you, no questions asked. Uh, so for 20% off your first order, go to macweldon.com slash lights and use promo code lights. I'm going to keep this thing I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> why but not? they'll give you your money back. Then why not? Just have a pair of underwear you don't like. I mean, you're going to like them. But you like, can use it for anything that, else you want. If you're that person who just like is just not happy with anything and you're like, oh, I hate this underwear. I'm going to keep it though. Yeah. Get, they'll send you, get they'll send you money a refund. That's, yeah. that's very rare, I think, in the consumer bit or in the clothing business. Uh, and that's MacWeldon.com slash lights promo code lights for 20% off. Mac Weldon, Reinventing Men's Basics. All right, let's talk about Princess Mononoke. Uh, Princess Mononoke, um, I have Jeff's rating, so we'll do Jeff's rating. We'll do the audience rating as well. But um, you and me, we talk a lot, I think, about anime. Uh, yes. Jeff has seen, I think, his fair share of anime movies. But I think for you, I remember at some point in the podcast, like I'd seen a couple Studio Ghibli movies before, Ghibli, whatever you want. I don't know, what's the, I've seen it pronounced 10 different times in 10 different ways. I, I've also said Ghibli, but um, I think you said Ghibli. I, I don't know what the I'm going to say Studio G. Is. Yeah, Studio G. Studio G. So but like, I've seen Studio G, like, Studio G movies before. Like For me, it had been Spirited Away and My Neighbor Totoro, and I'd seen a bunch of times before. I'd never seen Princess Mononoke until you recommended it because you said it was one of your favorite um, uh, animated movies ever. Yeah. You said it was amazing. And I remember once it hit, um, I think it came to a streaming platform, not HBO Max. This is before that. It came somewhere and I rented it and I did not regret it all. Because it is, honestly, I still think one of my favorite animated movies I've ever seen. And I think I, we did like a ranking, right, of our favorite animated movies. And I think I had it lower in my top 10. You might have had it as your number one. I'm not sure. I think right? Spirited Away was my one. Yeah. It was either that or Mononoke. I, I can't remember. It's, it's up there. I mean, it's, it's up there. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Princess Mononoke, I'll do a little summation of it. Let's go pull up the the Wikipedia machine. So, Princess Mononoke, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to fucking read off, like, my own synopsis of it. I'm going to give you what they said. It's a 1990s. Well, you know, it, 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 it's weird because 
Mononoke was released in 97 in Japan, mm-hmm. and it took like almost two years to get to the United States, um, mm-hmm. which like was kind of like in terms of like the, the um, Japanese entertainment to the United States pipeline at the time was like pretty common because of the translation. Um, but, you know, the entertainment industry has grown to such a point where, you know, you're going to see stuff like coming out of Japan. You have seen stuff coming out of Japan released same day, completely translated. So that was one of the things that threw me off. It was like, oh, it was two years, and it was just different back then. Because I remember like video games would be like a whole year before they they got translated and came out. Because there's know. a lot, of, I think, especially when you're going from like a non-Latin language, there's a lot of like nuance with that stuff. Like certain words and idioms and stuff just don't make sense in English compared to you know Japanese or whatever other language you might be translating from. And that's obviously well, I think important. Yeah, you know, and I, I think Mononoke especially is is like a lot of the Miyazaki movies that um, I guess like the concept of spirituality in this movie and like the spirituality mysticism, con- yeah, mysticism and connected to nature. I, I don't think you know like there's there's a you know, there's a disconnect between, I think, Western sensibilities and, in, in, um, you know, the, those sort of, you know, Western sensibilities on nature versus versus those coming from 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 other um, cultures and countries. Yeah. So like even like a, a good example of that the word that the term even is in the Wikipedia, the Mononoke is not a name. It's a Japanese word for supernatural shape shifting beings that possess people and cause suffering, disease, or death. Like that's not something we would pick up on. Obviously, since we don't know Japanese. Um, but just to give you any of a, as a synopsis, if you don't know the movie, uh, it's set in the late Muromachi period of Japan, approximately three thirty six to five seventy three, and includes fantasy elements. The story follows a young Amishi prince named Ashitaka and his involvement in a struggle between the gods of a forest and the humans who consume its resources. And uh, you and me, I think I've seen it at least like probably three, four times now or something like that. I'm sure you've probably seen it even more than that, right? Probably six. I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this movie, what I like a lot about it, I think is, is kind of stemmed in a few different directions. Um, I really like the, the, the spirituality side of this, like you said, like the mysticism of it, where they, they tie it in in a way that I think is easier to digest as a Western audience member where like, for us, I feel like that's not something we usually enjoy too much, right? Like most of our, like whatever animated movies aren't going to touch on some shit like that. This did. And it also touches on morality. I think in a very, um, I would say it, it shows morality in a way that's not so like black and white, which is something you always mention whenever we talk about Mononoke. And I think that beyond that also it's just animated gorgeously gorgeously animated especially when you think like this is made in 97 it looks yep. like it could be made like fucking two years ago it's amazing the the soundtrack is beautiful too like it just accompanies everything amazing like just perfectly um but yeah let, you you take it down first well yeah i mean so one is um so i mean i, I give it a 95 it's 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 almost a perfect movie for me um i think i think i have some issues with like the ending um mm-hmm in in terms of, and we can get to that but th- this movie like is is pretty ex- you know it's pretty explicitly an environmental message it, it, it was designed as such and comes across as such like I, I think you know you don't have to be very smart to pick up on the fact that like you know what iron town represents is um kind of like I, I guess a threat to nature and the spirituality i think serves as um like a um basically serves as just a characterization of like a living environment and living nature. And what you're saying about the morality is that 
you think it's like when I talk about something like Captain Planet, right? Which is one of the first pieces of pop culture that, you know, like in America, I was exposed to that, you know, posed an environmental message. And, you know, it's a good message, but the way Captain Planet presents it is uh, in a way such that like the, the, the bad guys are like disgusting pigs and like pollute and whatever. And it's like very noble and virtuous to, to protect the environment. And Mononoke presents it in a way in that the environmental destruction is a bad thing, yet the reasons that Lady Eboshi does it are the reasons that she is is kind of at war with um, you know, the, the 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 forest around her is because she's caring for her people. And that in and of itself is like a different take, and I think something that like American audiences aren't used to in the fact that like while there is like a clear bad guy it's not really like a villain it's just it's an antagonist in the way that it it you know provides a like a i think a worse person than um you know ashitaka to go off of but i also think aboshi at the same time was very noble in terms of like how she was trying to look out for humanity but it was just looking out for humanity at the detriment of all other living creatures outside of it which is very relevant obviously to current day because we you know we share this earth with things that uh you know outnumber us pretty greatly in terms of other other beings and i think you know a lot of times it's it's a very pig-headed sentiment of humans that we think that we we have rights to the earth just because we are the most advanced beings on it which like we are but that doesn't necessarily just because we can you know make tvs i don't think that necessarily makes it uh right morally and ethically um but to wrap it all up in terms of the thought the way the movie presents it is is more nuanced in that terms of uh like an environmental message saying that like the environment's being polluted currently but you know a lot of it is because you know people may not be intentionally trying to do so they may be doing it because they have no other option to to do you know you think about like i maybe i need to take a car to work because my work is an hour away and that might need not be the most environmentally sound way to do it but like i have no other option because i got to feed my family and that's pretty small on the, the scale of things but i think the general message of this movie is that like you know there you can't be doing things in the name of like taking care of yourself and taking care of others around you that are like, you know, not necessarily taking care of the world as a whole. Yeah. I, I think um, the way they present this, and I'm not smart enough to dissect like the um, chaotic neutral and all shit like that, <laughs> but I think that they, they present all the, them like on a spectrum sort of, I would say like the boars despise humans for everything they do to nature in their homes. Um, I would say that San despises humans for everything that she's, they see that humans do to their homes. And then Ashitaka is like more on their side, but a little more pragmatic because like humanity needs to live too. And it, he, I think he is cognizant of the fact more so that like just because nature exists doesn't means does not mean that it's like untouchable. And then I think that Lady Eboshi, uh, Lady um, Eboshi is on like the I would say a little bit further to the right of that, where she thinks like uh, we deserve part of this land, we are part of nature, we're humanity. And then you go further over to the right, and you get someone like. Um, who is the hunter character Kobayashi, right? Or the the monk? Yeah, the hunter monk, right? Oh, or Jigo. The, Jigo, Jigo. Okay, okay. Sorry, it was I was looking at the sheet. It was Kobayashi was the uh, the voice actor of Jigo in that. So that like that character's further right, where he's like humanity deserves whatever the hell they want, and like that's just the end of that story. So I think that they they present like morality across that spectrum, and it's like it's it's not necessarily here's bad guys, here's good guys. It's like there there is 
a variety of different viewpoints of how you can look at this and like in different ways you can interpret it. Like, obviously I think that I agree with you, the, the overall message of it is what we do to our environment comes back to roost. And that isn't necessarily in the form of a fucking giant deer monster or whatever. It's going to be in the form of global warming could be in the form of whatever else. It's more symbolic than that. But I think he, he's very, uh, Miyazaki that is very clear in that. And I think the way he's able to incorporate a lot of Japanese mysticism, like stuff like the, the spirits in the forest and all that, like things like that, that normally I would look at on face value and be like, what the fuck is that? I don't understand this. This isn't something I'm like, you know, uh, we don't really syntax it like that. Like uh, we grow up in a very different type of culture, but like, I think he's able to put all that shit out there in a way that it's very easy for us to understand it and, and kind of put the pieces together on that. So I really enjoy that. And I think, um, what do you call it? Uh, the voice acting performances on both, sides of this movie both the dub and the sub were really good because i first watched this as um uh, the su- uh, the dub version which has you know billy crudup claire danes um i think it was mini driver who does mini lady Aboshi. yeah and then, yeah. then uh, billy bob thornton chigo yeah yeah john dimaggio all those guys they're great like it's great on both sides very few i think uh not even just studio g movies but animated movies with dubs in general don't get that right no, they they did it. I mean, part of the release is like this. This was kind of a big deal. This came out and actually came to theaters. And, and when it did come to theaters, it wasn't like a wide release. I don't remember. I had to go to some art house theater in Indianapolis by Castleton Mall to to go see it. Um, and so it like wasn't a huge thing, but it was a big deal that this this critically acclaimed movie was getting released in in America. Um, so like, in and, and just for those who who you know, I think we talked about our dissection of the plot like if you haven't seen it so like ken jack mentioned like ashitaka uh basically gets cursed with a, a fight from a uh, a boar who, who had been shot with an, an iron bullet um and the curse is is one of those that moves slowly down his body so he's being killed by this curse and he kind of goes on this quest he, get, he gets a exiled by his village and I, I thought i thought his whole um the whole nishi clan was one of the more mm-hmm. interesting parts of the movie um because you know that that i think is symbolic of uh I guess humans, you know, that's the closest to humans being in harmony with nature. Yeah. In this, in this movie, like they, they kind of like, Ashitaka is kind of a neutral character to all of this because, you know, while he is like trying to, um, you know, kind of get more answers around like what's going on with them is there's any way to break the curse or um, I guess like stop. I wasn't, was it really like breaking the curse? It was more so just stop the animals from being cursed and destroying everything around them. Well, this quest takes him. He meets Jigo. Um, he, you know, encounters the Kadamas, which are very cute in the spirit forest. Mm-hmm. Um, meets Lady Aboshi. Lady Aboshi has lepers that she takes care of. And this is kind of where it characterizes Lady Aboshi is, is you know, basically clear-cutting the forest around her to mine the iron. Um, and then, meanwhile, there's San, who who is the titular Princess Mononoke, who... Um, essentially raised by wolves and the wolves are talking uh spirits spirit gods intent on killing aboshi and eating aboshi so she'll stop the destruction that happens around them um the whole movie culminates basically in jigo getting involved who is the monk we met before and trying to claim the head of the spirit god of the forest i think um which which materialized itself and it was a deer right it was like a deer with like a human's face yeah deer in a human's face um anyway the the um the whole thing 
kind of like wraps up nicely, I thought, which I didn't love. Like Ashitaka, I, I his curse was lifted, but I thought I thought the movie kind of set it up so he kind of knew he was gonna die and it prepared me for his death. And every time I watch it, I forget that he doesn't die. And so I'm set for him to die. Mm-hmm. And I almost think it would have been it almost would have been more profound, like maybe a little bit too on the nose, but I, I don't know which way is the more American way to look at it, like having the happy ending where he he lives or having the ending where he dies. So it, his death like kind of means something. Yeah. Um, but he does go back. And this is like kind of where things come together with saying like Oboshi's the villain or she's the antagonist in the sense that, you know, she she needs to change her ways. Um, and she does, and he helps to rebuild Iron Town, and, and everything kind of wraps up with the forest beginning to regrow. Um, so it is, it is a, it's a clear end. I don't know if anyone like. Have you seen Nashka? No, the, I uh, haven't. Not yet. Yeah, it, it's that that movie. Like ha, that movie's also an environmental type movie. Like it, it but it, Mononoke has a much clearer ending than that one. Like that one. I mean, it's not like. It's not like abstract, like Evangelion or anything like that, but like this one pretty much like wraps up like very cleanly. Like Nasca is is um Nashka or Nasca. Um it's it's more like it gets very spiritually at the end, which is kind of cool, but it, it wraps up with a song and, and it's different. Um but yeah, so that I mean that's a summary of it. And this is why we need Jeff because stuff's hard to do folks it's it's hard but uh i think i think one beautiful thing just like looking at it um from outside dissecting the plot um i think the way he was able to miyazaki that is like capture just like the feeling of being in a woods and being in a forest and something like that like that i wouldn't say like like the feeling of being in tune with nature necessarily but just like the quiet and like we're like you don't hear anything other than the wildlife really like and that's it like that i think he caught really well i think he got he captured like the level of mysticism that where it's like, I want to know more about this world. I want to know more about what's going on. Got that perfectly. I think it was, it's just such a, just visually and aesthetically pleasing movie. Like, like from top to bottom when you watch, even when you're watching fucking Ashitaka shoot an arrow at a samurai and lop his head off, it looks like aesthetically pleasing. Yep. It just looks fucking good. And like he was doing techniques in that, like the, um, it was 3D rendering on some of the stuff, like the demon flesh stuff. So that was 3D. And yep. I don't think it was something that was really done very commonly, rec- putting 3D rendering on top of a, uh, what do you call it, hand drawing. Cell animation. There was, yeah. I, I think, like, it, it wasn't, it was unusual. I mean, it was starting to be adapted more and more. Like, the first thing I can really remember that happening is the whole um, cave in Aladdin. Yeah. Like, I believe that was the first time, like, I had seen it. And it looks really off-putting now um, that they did that. But... The way they did it here, I thought was much, uh, much more natural. Mm-hmm. I guess as natural as animation can be, um, but the, it it was it was animated in a way like everything conveyed chaos really well with the demon spirits. It was it was creepy. It was slithery. Um, it was you know it was it was rotting. It was cancerous. Mm-hmm. I, I thought like it was done in especially kind of when his arm expanded, like as, yeah. like it was it kind of went within, and it it, it was done in the, in a way that like really made you feel like you know it was an infection right because you always see the movies where like people are cursed and like especially in like tv shows where it's just like their veins are like you see tony or... stark with the the whatever poisoning and it's going through his veins bit by bit and you can see that right it's something yeah. like that but in this i think 
you know, the outward, I would say. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's a living thing, but the infection yeah. is a living thing. It's a living sickness. And I, I think that's what, like, via that animation, that, that, like, sort of 3D was able to, like, I think it added to, like, the, 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 how dynamic it was. Mm-hmm. And it just made it look more creepy and more kind of, like, its own thing around it's the cell animation. from the rest yeah, of the movie. It's a parasite. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I think it made it out of place and made, that's, that's kind of the idea, right? Is that it's, it's supposed to be making you feel uncomfortable and make it seem like it's not something that it's supposed to be there, which it's not. It's, it's there because of the, this weird battle that's happening in this forest. And I think that's another dynamic I kind of liked from this movie was just the, the fact that it turned from like when you're watching this, like nature is good and humanity is bad. Like it turns from that to you're watching more and you're like, this is a battle for supremacy now instead because it's the humans fighting versus the boars and the wolves and like they all want to be on top and like that's what it turns into instead and like that's not necessarily i would say the reality things but i think that's something where we don't necessarily uh, you know think of it that way because like we like you said before we think of ourselves we're the dominant species we're number one we rule and can do whatever we want to this planet but like the reality is like there's there could be a tidal wave right now that kills fucking like two million people right like nature can strike back and do any of that shit and and dominate us so i think that there's there's a, i think a, a little more um i don't want to say it like maybe a little more gray area right than most environmental theme well, movies would have yeah i mean and, and you know nat- nature is literally a living thing and also at the same time not a living thing right it's it's many yeah. different things at once like you know a tornado is not what i probably not a living thing at all but what i would consider a living thing maybe someone wants to make the argument that it's a kinetic is. thing. I mean, nature is um, kinetic. But but obviously, like, you know, plants, animals, and, and you know, other, other things affected by... And, and it's not just like, look, like, global warming's one thing, but when this movie was made, like, you know, global warming was on the horizon, but I don't think it was talked about the same way we talked about it. No. Like, when I was a kid, it was always talked about, like, there being a hole in, hole in the ozone layer. Yeah. Um, it, it was always talked about in a way that, you know, we were you know save the whales and like that's Don't become pollute. a cliche like or like yeah like endangered animals and pollution and that like if we could clean up the pollution like it was talked about in a way that like there was some sort of like healing that the nature could do um if, if we stopped doing certain activities and i think the conversation shifted around like in and in, in, you know the the decades that have passed since this movie was developed to be more about um like mitigating future calamity via major lifestyle choices and how us as humans get around to doing that. And so I don't think that this movie doesn't present an answer to that, right? Like that, that's obviously a more complicated discussion, but what I I do think it does is it, 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 it presents the, it kind of presents the, the intersections of like different people and how they look at the world and how like, you know, like, so Boshi, right? Like one of the, one of the big things I thought this movie did really well that, that really, I don't think, you know, animated movies, certainly maybe movies in general weren't doing at the time is there, there's compassion for the disabled in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then she's also taking um, prostitutes who are ostracized by society and giving them a very valuable role as essentially the head of their households in, in yeah. her iron town. So she, you know, she was taking people who were cast out and giving them respect and honor. Um, which which society outside of Iron Town wasn't being able to provide it to her. But the, on the flip side, you know, the, it, it was it was um, at at the um, at the detriment to to the kind of the world immediately around them. 
um, so, so I, I thought like you had that, but then obviously the Ashitaka, who's kind of the neutral, like, you know, wanting to make sure there is a, a harmony between all yeah. parties. Then you had San, who is kind of like the vengeful representation of nature on behalf of humans. And then you had Jigo, who is more so just kind of the chaos. Yeah. Um, in, in That's what I was saying of, before, like the, the, the chaos and neutral good and all that stuff. Like I can't, I'm not smart enough to put that together, but you probably are. But because like that is, I think they, there's someone that fits in every part of that in this. Yeah. And so, so, you know, like that, they doesn't have the answer for like what to do around, like, you know, what climate change means or, or how to necessarily go about it. Um, but what I do think it presents is that it's a very human driven solution. And the yeah. challenges we face are human challenges in terms of being able to work with one another, being able to understand each other's motivations, being able to work around or work with those motivations. Um, and so like, it, it's funny because, it, you know, while there is like message that was obviously very prescient to modern times, it certainly, it, it took a little bit of a different view of environmentalism and made it a different time than I think the current, uh, like current thinking on the environment in the future of it, but still holds up relatively pretty well, actually very well. Yeah, I agree very well. For me, it was a, it's a 97 out of 100. Jeff rated it a 93 out of 100, and the audience rated it a 95 out of 100. Uh, I would say significantly buttered. And you know what? Let's do our top five Studio G movies. Let's and do it, I have, dude. I have, our, I have my ranking. I don't have your ranking yet, but I do have the audience ranking. So uh, let me pull up the sheet. You can go. Let's do you first. Okay. I got I got Porco Rosso coming in at number, number five. five. Yeah, Dark, Ho- Dark, five. Dark Horse of the Studio G lineup. Um, a movie, a movie more and more people are talking about and is doing a very good job of getting recognition is something I never would have watched if it wasn't for the streaming services because I wouldn't have had mm-hmm. access to it. Um, and it's not something I think you think of when you think of a Ghibli movie, um, but it's certainly... The thing about the movie is I don't know what happens. I couldn't tell you what the plot of Porco There's no Rosso point to is. It. <laughs> There's no point, but it, it's it's delightful. But at the same time, it's like his his whole monologue in his tent on his beach tent about like his past with the um, young oh, young lady, right. uh, like was one of the most beautiful things mm-hmm. I've ever seen in filmmaking uh, or animated filmmaking. Maybe filmmaking in general. It just sounds so pretentious when I say that. And it's a fucking pig flying around shooting down air pirates in the Adriatic. Like, it makes no sense for this to be part of an anime, but that's, that's Studio G, baby. That's just how they fucking roll. And I love it. Michael Keaton, uh, my plane, damn. My so all is exploding. I need to go to Turin. To <laughs> I need to go to Milan to get parts. my plane fixed. I need to get propeller parts for my plane. Um, so I'll do my next. My next one is Howl's Moving Castle. I like Howl's Moving Castle a lot. I think that the way it's animated, like the two different, I would say, uh, methods or whatever it is they use it. I'm not smart enough to know what it is. Um, very interesting. I like the, the, I would say, it's not witches, but I think it is kind of witches. But like the, the different types of blend, again, of mysticism and, and more modern culture, like that, that era or whatever you want to call it, is very cool. I, I like again both the dub and sub cat uh, or dub and sub voice cast, and especially Christian Bale. And I remember recently I was looking at the timing of it. And so his voice, Christian Bale's in this, when he turns into the, the, the monster creature is very similar to his Batman voice. And this movie came out about the same time as Batman begins. So they were recording around the same time. So I don't know which came first chicken or the egg, but very intriguing to think about. 
I thought the, I thought the art, uh, or like the moving castle itself, was one of yeah. the more more interesting things. In um, it it yeah, just that that like I don't know, it was like steampunk or whatever. I mean, everything with the thing is, is, is like it has if it has exposed gears and steam coming <laughs> exactly, out, yeah. it's steampunk to me. It has to be. It has to be steampunk. It has to be steampunk. Any... There's steam. There's fucking steam right there. I see the steam. It's steampunk. Exactly. Even though like it couldn't be. Maybe there's nothing flying. Maybe there's nothing. Whatever. Like it, it doesn't matter. If you have. If I see a cog. If I yeah, see so much as one. Cog. If I see one gear, fucking cog, it's steampunk. It's steampunk. I'm sorry. It's Gears of War. Steampunk game. Everyone just, has said this. Just like um, if I see jeans above your waist, you're rockabilly. Exactly. Exactly. That's just the way it works. Um, uh, we'll do Jeff's next, and this is just based off of our rankings from uh, MovieRankings.net, as you know. Uh, his is the Secret World of Arietti, which is an '84. That comes from the borrower, Borrowers, right? That's like the Studio G um, adaptation of it. I liked it. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't. I actually haven't seen that one yet. It's uh It's very interesting. I don't know if you know the Borrowers. It's like a little, little tiny, like almost act, not action figure. Like you know the six-inch action figures. Yeah, they're like a little small. Okay, they're like, it's like three inch acting figures. What I'm trying to say, basically, it's like a very small people that live inside houses, and they they're called borrowers because they go on like these expeditions into the house to borrow stuff like food okay. and all this crap like hmm. that. It's very interesting, and I'd say it's very I don't know if sweet's the right word, but it is kind of sweet. The story is like the 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 girl borrower meets a human guy who's having like a heart surgery. I think if I remember correctly. And um, like they just kind of have like a heart to heart about their respective situations and how they suck. And it's it's very I think sweet is the right word to describe it. Jeff gave it an eighty four. Um, audience's number five is Kiki's Delivery Service, which like is. It. And so for ours, uh, for the audience vote, that is instead of doing this for MovieRankings.net, I did this on Google Forms. And so it was just you have to pick your straight up your top three um, Studio G movies. Thirty four percent of people had Kiki's Delivery Service on their list. Um, and I agree with you, Drew. I love Kiki's Delivery Service. I think that was one of the ones that got more main because like, I remember seeing Kiki's Delivery Service in the video store. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was one of the ones that was translated on pretty early. I mean, obviously, I think one of the bigger ones. Um, I mean, one of the two pre Mononoke ones. I think they were the biggest were the Totoro and the Kiki. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think those are the two that like lent themselves best to kids, and because when adults or parents saw like, "Hey, this is animated," it meant, it meant automatically in the brain that it's for kids. I just remember like Kiki's delivery service and it's like, uh, I'm eight years old. Time for me to go like do my journey. And I'm like, what? No. Yeah. Right. I think it, I don't too know young, it was, too young for that. I don't know if it was eight or 13. I forget what, but it was something like that. Right. And she's like a witch. And I like that. I like, again, the witch type of stuff when they blend in all that, that cool. Um, and I want to say like mysticism a thousand times with this, but that's kind of hard to do with studio G, but like that shit, that shit's cool to me. And I enjoyed it a lot. Um, with Miyazaki, um, I think that one was Miyazaki. Uh, but like, Studio I, G, so yeah, Studio G. I mean, they, they, there's a lot of like Western. By Western, I mean just you know, um, like like you think about Porco Rosso, right? Like, I mean that that heavily takes I mean, place in the Adriatic. Yeah, it takes place in the Adriatic, and you think about like I think the concept of of the witch itself is is more um, that European. conventional witch. I think is more European than European anything than anything. Like riding the broomstick is very yeah. European. And then certainly, I think there's a lot of influences in it. The um, God, what's the, what's the one that didn't make my list, but the one about the airplane designer? Oh, uh, as the, the, the wind, wind rises. Yeah, the wind rises. The wind rises. Um, you know, because then the, the Italian airplane designer comes into comes into it that way. So, I, th- I think like yeah, it's kind of like that 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 bringing in some of that like you know European flavor to it is, is pretty mm-hmm. interesting. 
Yeah. And especially since like for, I guess for Miyazaki, especially, it's like not something you grow up with, but something that you can like immerse yourself in a world of. And that's interesting to me. Like that's not something I think I could do very easily. Uh, so yeah. you're number four. Am I number four? My number four is, is, is Totoro. Yep. I think, I think Totoro is sublime. I, I think it, 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 you know, the, the way you think back into like kind of, I guess the way it portrays the illness of the mom and then it portrays like, you know, the, even the little, the little, little girl in her first encounter with Totoro. Um, and it, there's, there's a compassion to the movie that I, I have a hard time explaining, but it's very meaningful. It, it's, you know, very sweet movie and, and Totoro is obviously very cute, but I, I think overall, like it, it, it does a good job of, highlighting the innocence of childhood yeah against a world where you know bad things are happening like the you know the mom being ill and and whatever and, and moving and relocating and just like difficulties but also like that that wonderment at the same time yeah no i totally agree and i'll have my neighbor totoro later uh, my number four is grave of the fireflies um grave of the fireflies is i think it's not i i don't know if you can essentially call it it's not really a war movie, but like obviously a lot of Studio G movies like take place uh, around, I would say like in the periphery of World War II. Um, and for like obvious reasons, the, most of the creators in Studio G are like they grew up around that time. And that was obviously very impactful in Japan. Um, so I think the movie is. I would haven't say, read about it. Haven't heard. Uh, no, we don't know what you're talking about, sir. Uh, us here at Studio G never heard of World War II, but they. Uh, I think it's a very. Um, Trying to think of the right word. Uh, it's very sad. It's a very, very sad movie. And, and I think in a beautiful way. And I think you get a very, I would say, beautiful sister, family sister, or family story, that is, about a brother and a sister. And I think that that's not something... There's not a lot of like, uh, Western comps for me in the animated world where you get something like that. And I feel like I'm, I'm watching a, a familial story that I feel like empathy with, even though I never had a sister. And um, also something that's more like adult themed. And I think it's, it's a gorgeous movie and I think not enough people have seen it. And I think more people should. Um, and Jeff's number four is uh, The Tale of Prince, Princess Kaguya. I never seen that one, but he gave it an 85. Yeah, that one is uh, gorgeously animated. It's, I mean, it's a different, it's the different style. It's like, a, it's watercolor. Mm-hmm. Let me look it up. Wait, why, I do remember seeing, oh, wait, never mind. No, I did see this. I'm sorry. I was like, when you said watercolor that I thought for a second, I thought this was my neighbor, the Yamadas, which I haven't uh, gotten to yet. Well, um, it's, it's, I think it also, um, because th- this is a Takahata movie and I think Takahata did the Yamadas as well. So this is like, the non Miyazaki Ghibli mm-hmm. movies. And so it's, it's similar to that. Yeah. That makes more sense. Um, I don't remember a ton about that, but I remember watching it when I was younger. That's another one of the ones I would say that around my neighbor Totoro and spirit away that I watched when I was younger. Um, audience has uh, Howl's moving castle. 53% of them had it in their top three as it's their number four. Uh, we just talked about that. So we can go to trillion number three. My number three is the movie we know and love. It's Nasca. In it, Nasca, look, it's dated. You can tell by looking at it. It's still very gorgeous, but it just it it does have that '80s high end animation feel to it. Um, but but some of the concepts in that movie, like the airships, it, I like. I feel like very influential on. I think a lot of on uh, 
I'm trying to say like just a lot of things to come out of anime and video games that like came in years after like the gliders and the way Nausicaa like was dressed and the weapons used in that movie mm-hmm. and um even like the creature design with the gigantic I think they're sandworms it's been a while since it's I've like seen a Santicky thing right yeah 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 I mean again that was another one where it was like you know there's a sickness that kind of swept the earth like you know big big environmental message in that one as well but mm-hmm. it, it's that one is is a good one yeah that one i feel bad i didn't include it in the voting form for the audience um only because it's not technically a studio g movie it's a miyazaki movie but not that's part right. of studio g left but uh and because like I'm, people would I'm bitch gonna it. they're gonna bitch at us regardless so i was like I'm fuck it I'll just say, i was like i'm i didn't say studio i didn't say miyazaki movie ranking i said studio g so it'll bitch at me if i don't do that so i didn't have it on the list but that's your number three uh, my number three is My Neighbor Totoro. I love it for a lot of the same reasons you do, Tro. Um, a lot of the, you know, I, when you're a kid, like that roving ma- imagination feeling. And I think it's just the, the music accompanies everything that's happening so so wonderfully. I think the characters, not just the sisters, but also like the dad encouraging it in his own way is very beautiful. Again, everything Studio G takes place way out in nature. And I think the way he's able to capture I think the the relationship between humans and nature is always going to be uh, it's very special. I think he has a very deep understanding of that. Um, Jeff's number three is my neighbor Totoro as well. He gave it a ninety one. Um, we just talked about it, and the audience number uh, three is my neighbor Totoro. They fifty nine percent of people had it in their top three. So your number two. My number two is Mononoke. Mm-hmm. We just talked about. We just talked. We talked more than enough about it, and it's my we number two as well. It's the audience number two, and it's Jeff's number three. You knew every every one of these was going to be in the same sort of. We are going to have everything in the same top two, sort of like the same the same two selections. So your number one, I'm assuming, is Spirited Away. So we could talk more about Spirited Away because that's your number one. That's my number one. That is the audience's number one. Ninety percent of people had it on their list, mm-hmm. and uh, it's Jeff's number two. So we could talk more about. I think that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Spirited Away for for. I think I think it's probably the most acclaimed Ghibli movie. Yeah. Definitely the most acclaimed. Uh, uh, the most Miyazaki. iconic, at least. Yeah, I mean, in it, 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 there's just so much going on in that movie. It's so layered in a good way. And like from a world building standpoint, it's so interesting. And mm-hmm. it's also just like it's another one of those like growing up movies, right? Like yeah. he, he he either has. Yeah, there's a movie about growing up, a movie about the environment, or it's about airplanes. That's 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 pretty much what Miyazaki does. It's he does true. it really does it really well. And so I think Spirited Away, just in terms of like kind of the 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 orchestra, in terms of the different parts it brings to the table, it, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's hard to really describe. I mean, you say like, oh yeah, and the parents turn into pigs. <laughs> someone who hadn't seen it it was good it was in a good way like you enjoyed it. it it's it's hard to hard to get into it but yeah he's very straightforward i think and then especially with even like you said the parents turning into pigs it's like he, you know exactly what he's trying to get across and i think in a lot of spirited away and i think it's very it's very like rich i don't know how else to put it like a lot of his other movies are maybe a little more um like they're colorful but more muted i feel like the, the everything the saturation on everything in this movie is up high and like to emphasize, I think not necessarily the clown show, but like all the the spiritual elements of everything happening around in in the house, everything happening with the creature, everything happening with the characters, and it's very 
I think in, it not necessarily an easy watch, but again, an easy to understand watch, no matter whether you're Japanese, whether you're Western, whether you're fucking from anywhere, it doesn't matter. You can understand, I think the base message from spirited away. Um, and I think it's just, that's one where like I watch spirited away and I'm very, like very easily and confident. I'm like, this is, I don't care who you are. Like, this is a good movie. If you don't think so, you're just wrong. Like, like, and I'm sorry. Like, this is just a fucking good movie. Yeah, the the the, the huge contingent of people who don't like Spirit. I'm, away, I guarantee you, there's people that don't like Spirit. It's it's only ninety yeah, percent of people had it in their top three for Studio G. People in, I think there's other maybe. movies that are better that they have. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying, I get. I guarantee you, you, give it another chance. Give it another, another chance. Any fucking opinion in the world, and you go online, you'll find people bitching about it. Oh, I I I, I don't disbelieve you, my friend. Um, so yours are Spirited Away, Mononoke, Nausicaa, uh, My Neighbor Totoro, Porcaroso, mine are Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke, My Neighbor Totoro, Grave of the Fireflies, Howl's Moving Castle, Jeff's are Mononoke, Spirited Away, My Neighbor Totoro, Tale of Princess, uh, Kaguya, Kaguya? I'm, someone's screaming at the car. Kaguya. Sure. Uh, in the secret world of Arietti, and the audience is Spirited Away, Mononoke, Totoro, Howl's Moving Castle, and Kiki's Delivery Service. Now, I think this is the, what people were more excited for was uh, us giving our top five anime, and they got to submit, and they had some interesting choices. So, I'm just going to go down five to one. Do I'm it. List them, uh, and you want you can. Uh, so my five is Roroni Kenshin. And, and I got to say, my anime is from like a very narrow of time. Specific time point. Yeah. Specific time point. So I haven't watched a whole lot since, but these are just my five favorite. Um, One Punch Man, which is outside of that so period funny. of time, but it's so funny. Uh, Serial Experiments Lane, which came out in like 99, 2000, and very creepy, but very, very profound, I thought. Mm-hmm. Cowboy Bebop, which a lot of people are going to have a number one because I think it is the... Uh, it was very it came out in adult swim at the right time in people's lives but i also think it is an extremely cool show with great music and of course my number one is evangelion mm-hmm. um even though that show is kind of a mess at certain times it, it does that thing we were talking about it where um you know there, there's a lot of like you know a lot of western religious symbolism yeah religious discussion it was kind of like you know the a different interpretation on it i, I enjoyed it very heavy-handed yeah i mean it's not subtle right here's eve's spear to skewer adam with the trident of god okay and it's it's also like it's also very fucking indulgent like in itself like closer to the end like and i get the frustrations with it but when the show was on a tear when it kind of you kind of got into like the the beef of it when everyone started getting miserable Mm. and like the, the episodes like you know 18 through 24 or whatever like it, it, it became like very, very interesting. I, I love like the, I don't, there's a name for the style for this, but like the techno, the, the, the drawing of technology in that period where they did like that Gundam and like all those other mm-hmm. uh, movies and stuff like that shit is so cool. Like yeah. mech suit design and mend and uh, whatever you want to call it, like military tech shit design and, and animate that period is so fucking cool. I still love it so much. Um, my number, I'll do my same thing. I'll do five through one. My number five is Jojo's Bizarre Adventure and that one it took me a little bit to get into but once it hits like it's fucking roll it is so good it's funny it's entertaining it keeps you i think engaged and um uh i think considering how the powers switched from being i don't even remember what it is now but it it, it was like the power of light or whatever to the power of stands like and they just didn't even fucking skip a beat like any other movie or show it'd be like what the hell just happened um i think it's it's just very flawless in many ways 
Uh, next is Hunter x Hunter. I think Hunter x Hunter is fucking awesome. It's it's very, I think, well paced out because there's a lot of different like JoJo's, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, there's a lot of different powers and levels of things how like everything escalates and everyone's powers escalate. I think the way that they paced it out throughout the show so far, anyway very good i love the characters top to bottom and it's, it's just it's that's one where you want to binge it and never stop watching it uh and my number three is you Hakushu. um that's one you put me on true did i i've never you, seen it you definitely i think you yeah. told me to watch it or maybe a random i don't think i did man oh uh, then a random person probably told me to watch it. But that one the good old spirit detective uh that's another one where i i, I just really enjoyed the story of it i love I love the characters from top to bottom. It doesn't matter if it's Kurobaro, it doesn't matter. Like all of them are cool. The whole gang, like they all have their own things. And I just, I enjoy the characterization of all of them. Like the old 80s, 90s-ish music. I like that era of animation for anime. And just, I think it holds up really well. It's like, I think four seasons and all of them I enjoyed. Especially even at the end when power started going crazy again. Uh, number two, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. This is, I think, ubiqu- like a lot of people have this in the top five. Um, it's fucking awesome. It's, it's, I don't need to pitch you on it. Uh, number one for me is Cowboy Bebop. Like you said, Trill hit at the right time. Uh, I only watched, like, I remember a few episodes of it on Adult Swim, but I, I caught up and on Hulu, which is still on. It's cool. It's like, it's fucking space western, man. What's not to like about that? Yeah. Like you said, cool music and cool Great characters. Music. Cool, cool bad guy, too. Vicious. Sweet. Yeah. You always tell he's a bad guy when his hair's gray exactly young that's the mark of the ultimate bad guy exactly they do that in fucking one punch man the, the, the bad Final fantasy 7 exactly yeah long sword long sword long hair don't care always uh the audience top five in order number five is attack on titan um i tried attack on titan and i don't really like it that much it's not because it's scary as so much as like i think almost all of my top five have an element of humor to it and attack on titan is so dreary and so like Almost like full, almost like uh, Evangelion in a sense. It's like very dreary and dramatic, and I just I don't love that in anime. But uh, that's their number five. Then Naruto. I've never watched Naruto. I don't know about you, Tro. I've never watched it, man. It was, it was after my time. Yeah, it's definitely in my period of time, but I just I never got to it. Uh, their number three is cool Full Metal. Up. What's up? Cool run though. Well, yeah, right. Yeah, and very sick run. I think cool outfit. Orange is always going to play. Yep. Um, their number three is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Uh, just talked about that before. It's an amazing series. Definitely, I would say must watch in most people's anime views. Uh, their number two is Cowboy Bebop, and their number one. What would you guess it is? Uh, uh the Dragon Ball. No, not Dragon Ball, which I personally think is better. Dragon Ball Z. Oh, well, that's what I meant, dude. Not no, like but, no but okay. So Dragon Ball is only the whatever original, however many episodes, which is a great run. It's very, very good. But they mean Dragon Ball Z, which is everything after, I guess, Raditz yeah. shows up on. Oh, that's what I would have guessed if I knew if I knew we were being sticklers about Look, I mean, the I specific mean, run of Dragon Ball. Some people specified um, Dragon Ball. Some people specified, like, Dragon Ball, like Super and other stuff, but like most people, than anything else said Dragon Ball Z. It's, it's very much overwhelmingly the number one overall. I think probably because it's the most name recognition. It's I think, like, and I think most anime super fans won't say that's like, hey, that's the number one. That's the best anime. But like, that's just I don't know for sure. But I just I don't think it's a, it's a mainstream anime though, right? It's easy to watch. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it got so we're talking about Dune, right? Mm-hmm. In the group chat, because I picked up the book Dune, and I'm I'm like really enjoying reading it right now, but it's not that well written. Mm-hmm. It, it like just isn't. It, it's like the characters don't feel like I know no, I'm not like halfway through with it yet, but the characters don't feel fleshed out. But there's so much enjoyable shit around it, and it came out at the right time. It was so influential. It got a bunch of people into sci-fi, which created even better sci-fi. I think Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z were like that for a lot of people, both from a, a creation standpoint and from uh, just getting your toes wet into uh, Japanese animated entertainment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, so my your top three, one to five, Evangelion, Cowboy Bebop. Was it Serial Experiments? Lane? Lane. L-A- yeah, L-A-I-N. Oh, oh, okay. Lane. And One Punch Man, then Ryori Kenshin, right? Rurouni Kenshin. Rurouni. Yeah. yeah, if we're being sticklers about Dragon Ball, then. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. Fine, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, my one through five Cowboy Bebop, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, Yu Yu Hakushu, Hunter x Hunter, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Audience Top Five, Top to Bottom, Dragon Ball Z, Cowboy Bebop, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, Naruto, and Attack on Titan. Uh, and now we're going to have. We're going to have our good friends, Coley, Nick, and KV on to do our draft of most disappointing children because we're talking so much about Miyazaki. But before we do that, we're going to talk to you a little bit about CBDMD. Uh, It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete or a stay-at-home parent or if you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo of topical products to help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. They have CBD Freeze with Menthol now, which is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient, easy-to-use roller or uh, shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover, which combines CBD with uh, inflammation-fighting compounds like Arinka and vitamin B6 to give you the support of things where you uh, give the support where you need them, where it matters most. Uh, and you make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer. They're offering all of our listeners 25% off on their next order when they use promo code LIGHTS at checkout. Once again, cbdmd.com, promo code LIGHTS for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Okay, now we're joined by Coley. KB and Nick for the draft of the most disappointing children. Uh, it's just kind of fitting, I think, because we're doing a Miyazaki rating and he obviously despises his children more than anything on earth. So it just seems like it fits. So how are you guys doing? Doing well. I've been uh, looking at kids on the internet all day, trying to decide what, uh, yeah. what child to take. And I'm, I'm, I'm ready to roll. Kids by MGMT, the band. Oh fuck! Do the Chitty Bang remix. Do the yeah. Do yeah. Chitty Bang, uh, opposite of adults. Just just that with a beat. What, what was the what do they say in like the start of it? They're like uh, it's like fresh. fresh no fighting. Kid C, fresh kid P. Yes, that's right. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what they spell. Um, so our draft was already predetermined in the randomizer. It's going to be Nick then myself, then Trill, then Coley, then the audience, then KB, and then we're going to snake our way back. All right, first up, Nick, you have first pick. Yeah, um, I'm happy I got first pick because I think this is an obvious one. Uh, he was deemed the next Pele. I'm going Freddie Adu. You motherfucker. Oh. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, that's a good he, one. As a boy, you know, he peaked very early. He dated JoJo, the singer. He was on a box of honeycomb, my favorite cereal. Um, 
and then he just kind of fizzled out, man. I was I Googled him today, expecting him to be like 58 years old. He's 31. Uh, what, what? He's just obscure, obscure. It's pretty shocking. Florida. Yeah. Was a, I guess, yeah. Didn't he get drafted? Wasn't he on the DC team? That was the big DC United. That, yeah. yeah. He got drafted. Yeah, to the DC 14 team. years old, I think. Oh, and man. so uh, he was supposed to get kids into soccer. I, I started playing soccer because of him. I quit because I, I got stung by a bee. But uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he – what a disappointment, Mr. Adu. For my next pick, I'll pick the, the, the person that inspired this list, and that would be Goro Miyazaki. Miyazaki's son. And basically, he was such a bad animator and such a bad animated movie director that the first movie he made, his father walked out of and basically told him, you suck. And he, he later had to make uh, Miyazaki that is an entire movie to apologize to his son. That's how meanly he treated really? him because he was so disappointed in Ponyo. Did he make it. Him to make an apology movie? He, Ponyo, Ponyo was an apology movie? Ponyo was his apology to Goro oh, Miyazaki, yeah. which is incredible. So oh, that's my... okay. Oh, I th- oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense when you I think hate, about the plot. I hate when I, I had to make an apology movie for my, my kid. Happens mm-hmm. to the best of us. <laughs> Um, my, my first pick, I'm going to take Bobby from Bobby's world. I, I, yeah, look, (laughs) I thought in terms of animated children, Bobby was the worst. He was super annoying. Uh, he had that uncle Ted who was just kind of a big weirdo in the life of the show. And Bobby really brought nothing. to it. It always seemed to just complicate matters more with his hijinks. That's an obscure reference. I don't even get, I don't know the show. You never watched Bobby. Howie, Howie Mandel. Yeah. That was Howie. Yeah. yeah, in in sure the was. early '90s, Howie Mandel and Louie Anderson <laughs> faced off together with their own animated shows. For, for oh, he created it and he voiced it. Holy yeah, yeah. it's like Fox. Fox was just giving out animated shows to stand-up comedians at the time. So Louie Anderson got <laughs> Life with Louie, and then uh, Howie Mandel got got Bobby's World, and I, I think Howie Mandel won. I don't. I, I. I don't know. I. I don't really. Like America know. won. Yeah, we got. We got That's two true. great shows from the two uh, preeminent '90s, early '90s comedians. Very good. Pick. Bobby was right. always zipping around on a tricycle too, which is a big uh, wheel. The, the, was it a big wheel? Yeah. Yeah. The, the worst of transportation, in my opinion. <laughs> what? Well, it can't go very fast. Can't go very fast. Uh, well, it's, he, a non, he, it's a non-creative name. He did it indoors too, which. I don't know. Look, I can't. I can't co-sign that. It seems unethical, hazardous to say the least. Yeah. Next up is Coley. <clears throat> All right, for I real this time, I promise. There's a lot of terrible kids still left up on the board. Uh, disappointing. I'm going with, disappointing. You're right. Yeah, disappointing. I, I don't see much of a difference there, but you're right. Disappointing. Uh, I'm going to go with Cooper Manning. Oh, oh, you just swiped the audience's pick right out from under well, them. Really? Both brothers, multiple Super Bowl championships. He uh, sometimes makes funny videos because of their ability to win Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. And it's all in reference. That's like his claim to fame now, essentially. It's my dad was good and my brothers are good. I don't know, dude. I think that would be a great position to be in, though. Like, I, no I think I would, I, would, no, I would enjoy being the Cooper Manning of a family. But still disappointing. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Great I mean, life situation. Oh, he, yeah, he doesn't look too good either. <laughs> he had a very bad back problem, if I remember correctly. Sure did, yeah. He, he was, was like a really good receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, so he was, he had potential. Right. That was where he fucked up. I would agree with Trill if he wasn't tr- actively yeah. trying beforehand. Arguably <laughs> the best quarterback name out of the bunch. Like, what, what are true. you, what is your, what is up with your head? 
I have a headband Who? on. And what's in the back? My hair. Do you have a ponytail on? Well, my yeah, I'm home here. I'm kicking it. I don't want my hair in my face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know your hair was that long. Out. I didn't know you had ponytail length hair. I would never step out like this. Turn, I, turn to the side. I shaved my head with a razor for the first. I went full penis man this weekend. Full Scott Van Pelt, the uh, penis you man. <laughs> you look like Prison Mike because I can't see the top of the yeah, headband no, until no, you face yeah. down. I mean, I don't, I don't love it, but it is what it is, right? I, I, I you know, it just is I what think it, it is. I think it very much fits uh, your, your transition into Moby. <laughs> <laughs> now all you do is lie about hating Natalie Portman. I'm going to get the face tattoo that says, like, veganism is cool, or what, what did he get? Does <laughs> yeah. um, it just say animal rights? <laughs> <laughs> Moby, Moby was cool because he, he just got to a point where he was just selling his songs to anyone. Like, you, you just, the Hyundai would call it Moby, and it's like, hey, Moby, uh, we need a song for the Tiburon commercial. And Moby is like, we'll just take your pick. It's $15. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a shit. All right, next up is the audience. And so they picked their actual number one pick is literally just the words either me, myself, or I, or something. And like, sure, like I get that. That's fair. But I, I can't, there's no like That's amalgam of LCB listeners. It's not as fun. So what their second pick, Caillou? Oh, yeah, God. Caillou's awful. Awful kid. Awful kid. Yeah, I don't know who, I don't even really remember Caillou's parents though. Um, they, were in, they were innocent, they were wholesome, and they were just cursed with a demon, a demon child. <laughs> Kind of looks like Trill actually right now. Yeah, that's what that's what I was thinking. <laughs> oh yeah, Caillou, <laughs> who is Caillou? I don't watch things. Caillou is a um, <laughs> it's a Canadian. Oh. It's but wasn't a Canadian that like cartoon. that was past our cartoon? Yeah. Like, era. Yeah. Okay. But you guys still just consumed it. No, you, you like Caillou became pretty famous because he. Uh, I think a lot of like uh, at least like in 2013, like the the uh, prominent sports writers i followed that had kids co complained about caillou so i looked up the caillou videos online and they are awful he is a he's a oh, whiny yeah. I'm looking at him yeah he looks like a bitch <laughs> to be honest dangerously close to you Caillou look caillou looks like half the people that would post their outfit on like the reddit men's fashion advice <laughs> yeah, forum, yeah. though the saying, like, yeah, just like get, getting a fit off like fit of the day pick like just yeah who was like that a, remember the vine kid with the long blouse in the high shoes vaguely yeah <laughs> dressing like a toddler getting a fit off yeah. <laughs> color block outfit being like yeah this is this shit's fire right now it's really cool right i'm pretty All sure right, caillou grew up to be anthony fantano that music reviewer <laughs> <laughs> or pitbull One either other. or all right kb you got back-to-back -back picks okay so my first i'm going with seth and you probably don't even know who I'm talking about. Yeah, you got to be more specific. But you but you should because it's Adam and Eve's third child. <laughs> no fucking. And this way. is real because I was gonna go with motherfucking Cain, or or no, I was gonna go with Abel because he was he the died. first. He was like the first child ever, and he got murdered. That's la that's lame. Then I said, <laughs> there's Lincoln? a third child named fucking Seth. Um, yeah, so he's a top. He's a top five human chronologically, but not even like a top 100 <laughs> Seth. One of the first five people ever was named Seth. <laughs> yeah. Google it right now. It's insane. <laughs> That'd be a great BuzzFeed article. It's like top five humans chronologically. 
there's no legacy. way if you answered this right. Wow, you must be Methuselah. <laughs> Still alive. Dude, I was shocked when I saw that. Oh, my God. Oh, wait. So there's a religion behind him called Sethanism. <laughs> oh, man. I, I swear to God. Uh, what? Dude, he gets no playing time in the Old Testament. <laughs> what the fuck? Deserves none. <laughs> Sethanism? Is he, is he Robert Barone? I don't even know. <laughs> Oh I thought God. it was like a I thought it was a parody article at first, but he's real. There's a whole <laughs> article on Sethian texts. Like there's Bibles written about Sethanism. Yeah. This is fucking I, incredible. I gotta be careful here because I don't want to inadvertently step on somebody's faith. <laughs> That's the case. Yeah. I, step there's, away, please. <laughs> step away. I don't think there's yeah. many active Sethanists. Seth, Seth. <laughs> All right, you got back to back Abby, so you got next. Uh, I'll be quick. Uh, the next bro- one is, robot uh, chicken is our it's jc <laughs> chan jackie chan's only son oh no <laughs> yeah oh yeah he's a terrible dad Dame. i forgot about that <laughs> he's not even uh he's not even the most successful jc cha and- <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to jc shazaz he's like a wildly pathetic human who like tried to do? He voiced Master Crane in the Cantonese version of Kung Fu Panda. Jackie That's hates rough. him. Uh, he got a, a lot of felonies. Yeah, he won people. He won. He was ranked China's top wastrel. <laughs> top wastrel. <laughs> it's wait, wasteful good. <laughs> wasteful good for nothing person. Oh damn! <laughs> My God! I don't hate that award. Oh yeah. Yeah, Jackie was our hero. We need them. There's no American award for that. Like, just top scumbag of the country. He invented that just to, like, diss him. <laughs> the whole award no, show. His relationship to Jackie Chan. During an awards ceremony in Beijing in April 2011, Jackie stated he'd be donating half his money to charity when he dies instead of to his son. I'd like to, I'd like, I'd like to think Jackie got up on stage to specifically make this announcement. <laughs> like he didn't have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just, he wasn't even accepting an award. They just, they just have to give Jackie Chan stage time because he's he's Jackie Chan. And so he got up there and was like, i just like to take this time to say my son gets nothing. He didn't even say, like, you're right. Like, it was, he could have just said, half my fortune is going to charity, but he specified, <laughs> and not to my son. At an award ceremony, when you only make your strongest opinions. It's incredible. All right. Next, next up is uh, the audience, and their next up is the Jordan kids, which was – yeah, I know that had to be on everyone's list. I know that was on mine. I had only Marcus. Yeah. I didn't have the other one. They, they, I actually I, don't know much about them. I don't know anything about them. <laughs> I just I just remembered they would show – I think it was like 2005 when um, – was Marcus the one at uh, Illinois? Was – I remember one was he like, was the he, better of the two which isn't saying much so so one, one was at illinois and it was like a big deal and they, you know jordan was in attendance and there was basically a camera on jordan the whole time and every time they would cut to jordan he just would look unimpressed to be there because eric gordon was, was on the other team giving him like 50 <laughs> <laughs> yeah that other team indiana university <laughs> yeah. wait he played for ucf marcus I think so I they bounced around Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right, Cole, you're up. Um, this is a recent one that came across um, my life. I didn't know there was such a disappointment, but Craig Sager, too. 
the one that went on quite the rant the other night against uh, like all progress in American culture. <laughs> Craig Sager Jr. I'll be damned. This is this is just the kind of stuff that you mentally you don't know when you're just not on Twitter and you're thankful for it. Yeah, you know, it was yeah. a while. The whole Sager family Wireman of Twitter had quite the falling out in front of everyone. <laughs> oh, gets that, that'd be. Him great reality show it, it just like watching people's thanksgiving dinner fights that's <laughs> happening on twitter all right truly you're up next um you know what i'm going i'm going to take baby huey the big the big uh, chicken <laughs> with the diaper oh yeah yeah, yeah. i mean he's, he, look baby huey is obviously older than diaper age by his size he should get out of that diaper <laughs> and I think just by still being in a diaper and being that big, he's one of the most disappointing children ever. Oh, he's wearing a baby bonnet. It's, it's okay. So I don't want to say it, but baby Huey could be thirty-eight, and that's just a fetish. Yeah, <laughs> at a point, at a point, it's a fetish. <laughs> I don't know what Hanna Barbera was thinking. Oh, this, <laughs> making like this face in every picture I'm looking at him right now. We're just like, like, oh, did I do that? <laughs> made a big stinky and dipey i you know Nasty. i i just i've never liked baby huey it's a very off-putting character very smart all right uh i'm up next i got back or wait no i don't have backpack Nick's after me i have to like scroll because my excel sheet is too big and i just keep fucking up the order but anyway uh my number two pick is the leonardo dicaprio pointing meme from once upon a time in hollywood because i saw it on twitter today and the first thing i saw well it thought is like well disappointing child of george and uh, ellen no. caprio oh god dude uh, 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 in in fact disappointing child i right. get it man. Right. I we, we yeah. get it it's it's solidified for me uh, i don't mind it i think you went i think you took a chance and i appreciate that no you did take a chance uh a, a bad one but it paid off, did didn't it? It did. It did. It did. <laughs> All right, Nick, you're up. I don't know how I'm going to follow that other than saying any other name. Um, <laughs> I'm going with the, uh, the baby angel emoji because it's only used in bios when a child dies. That's and true. You, you see that emoji and it's just, oh, oh man. And you, you see, it says like, it says like uh, the initials and then it says like, 2011 to 2011 and then it puts that emoji following it that's that oh, is God. a disappointing child mm -hmm. and, and i i understand like people so people handle their grief in di different ways but it's disappointing from the standpoint that even if you're scrolling through your emojis it's basically the baby shoes never worn of the it emojis and it, so it, it very much is. Is. yeah if you're scrolling through the emojis trying to get to the food section and you see the angel baby like in your mind you're like oh <laughs> yes and uh <laughs> i mean the saddest story in five words i could do it in one emoji baby yes. angel emoji never used <laughs> or, <laughs> I, dude i'm trying used. to think of wait i can't think of one other alternative way to use that it is made for dead kids it's it's, <laughs> it's mm -hmm. probably the most loaded emoji oh yeah there's no other way to read it. You can't read the, 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 it's like Winnie the Pooh who, when he dies in the gif. It's like, you can't read that in any other way other than Winnie the Pooh died. Mm -hmm. It's like, the, yeah, presumably. That's it. That's it. 
All right, Nick, you got back-to-back. Um, I'm taking Jean-Baptiste. Uh, you may be wondering who that is. That is the baby on the Sacagawea Golden Dollar. Uh, Sacagawea's child, he, he managed to con his way onto currency, but uh, what did he ever do? He, uh, he has a whole Wikipedia page of, of nothing. Uh, he died. I thought Legal he trouble. died young. He has, the, he has an all-time origin story, yet he died at 61, which is like 2,000 years old in today's time, <laughs> and he didn't do anything with it. He's just Jean Baptiste. His claim to fame is that he was attached to Sacagawea. He was, in fact, had by Sacagawea. Mm-hmm. Is there anything worse? I, uh, hate, Sac- I oh, hate those her, dollars. Her baby? I like her. Her kid? Yeah. Oh, nice fuck. Oh, just like he wasted such a good origin story. He, like, he was, as a baby, went on the Lewis and Clark expedition, which is like one yeah. of the coolest things ever, and then it just became a scrub. It's, yes. it's like the... the, <laughs> the um, the historical version of the baby on the Nirvana album cover. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, and I'm sure that kid did fine, but like anybody who was like Gen X was like, you were so famous at a young age and this is what you've done with your life. You were on the Nirvana album cover. You didn't even start your own band called Nirvana 2. The kid that was on the Nirvana album cover posts like him jumping into pools like every other week. Just like, playing, it's like it's been 16 years and eight months since Nevermind came out. <laughs> Just like clinging on to <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. He does like a throwback Thursdays and flashback Fridays back to back. He's just like one of those, those like D level celebrities that post pe- shitty paintings people have done of him. But what is his oh, name? The those got, are so sad. Got, got this one. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Randy Painter Man from 84. Tucson. Love, love it. Love this expressionist painting of me. <laughs> Do you think he was pissed when his dick started growing? So because like it was le- less recognizable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he pulls out his dick now, and he's like, "Yeah, recognize this." Like, no, <laughs> he's in line for the club. <laughs> so we're not gonna let you in. He's like, "Do you know who I am?" No. <laughs> Look at this. One word. Never mind. <laughs> what? Well, let me show you my dick. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> Let me show you my tiny dick really quick. I swear. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm up next. And I'm going to pick Canadian singer Brian Adams. Uh, his child, specifically Alex Adams, uh, a male porn star that exclusively does incest porn for websites, Family Therapy XXX. <laughs> and uh, Mommy Boy, Comes I'm, First. Hold on, I have to disagree a- with you on this one, Ken Jack. I'm sex positive, <laughs> so I don't think that's disappointing at all. I just gotta say, I think it's a. I don't think Brian Adams wanted his son to grow up into that industry, but it's it's totally fine. To run can we uh, can we pause the pod to do like a class wide um, watch along? What is it, Alex Adams? Alex Adams, the porn star. Yeah. So he didn't even change his name. No. Do, 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 I did my first real sex scene. Do, do, well, yeah, <laughs> it's partially his fault for fucking making the summer of '69. Yeah. Okay. Destined his own son for failure. He's not oh, even Kyle. the top Alex Adams on Pornhub. Really? That's disappointing. That He's everywhere. So maybe that's just my recommended history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, Trill is up next. Okay. You know what? I, 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 hmm, I like what's available for me. I'm, a lot I'm of gonna, kids. Yeah. I'm going to go with Theodore from the Chipmunks. I, I, <laughs> oh, he stinks. 
he, he does think. You know, like the, the Alvin's the cool one, and then Simon's the brainy one, and then Theodore's mm. just the fat. They all got brainy. The fat one, yeah, he's the fat yeah, one. Yeah, he, he, he's he's the dumb. He, they didn't like. He's just dumb and, and fat, and <laughs> he's he's like maybe four of the characters in the movie Seven combined into one chipmunk that get killed. For uh, is he voiced by Zach Efron though? In the, in the remake, maybe. I don't remember. I, I just remember the animated series. I think it was even dumber in the animated series. Sure, I'm going to tell you right now that when I make the graphic for this, it's going to be the picture of him getting fucking domed yeah, by the girl chipmunk. That's where all of our minds immediately went. <laughs> all, all, all five of us immediately thought of the chipmunks getting brained. We're all, yeah. How, how, do you, how do you bring up that subject though, without seeming creepy? <laughs> That's the dilemma when discussing the chipmunks. Dude, now it's all I can think of. That thing is stained for life. Yeah. You, guys, you guys have perhaps the most online podcast in the game. Like anyone listening to this whose mind didn't go to that probably shouldn't be listening to this. <laughs> no, yeah. I think I think ninety nine percent of the listeners. I was on Instagram the other day and like one of the big content aggregator accounts posted one of like just them engulfed in flames. <laughs> it, was, it was like which chipmunk's suffering the most in hell. <laughs> and it worked just as well. It was Simon. Simon. Because Alvin would be like, I would be like, I'm gonna skip school. And and Simon would be like, uh Neil, you need to go to school. And then Theodore would just be like, I want to eat some pie, Dave. <laughs> I think that was a great Wait, pick, were, actually. Were, were, were the chipmunks keeper also called Dave, much like Garfield? No, John John, 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 Arbuckle. John Arbuckle, you John fucking Arbuckle. idiot. Wow, that's embarrassing yeah. for me. No, Dave we were Seville. just talking about John. We were. Mm-hmm. That's Dave, a tough Se- look Dave Seville. Yeah, um, so he is the most inconsequential uh, comic celeb, though. Wait, oh, the, the more than Dilbert? Dave, the Garfield's dad. John. John. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Oh, John Arbuckle's just a sad man, which as you get older, it's very relatable. But as a kid, you, as a kid, you you immediately identify John Arbuckle as somebody you don't want to be. <laughs> Did you like... tell them about your uh, 2K golf character? Oh, John Parbuckle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He he he's his character in 2K is John Parbuckle, and then Jeff's is Golf Field Lasagna. <laughs> well, so originally, I was gonna make my character Jared Fogolf, but <laughs> I I didn't want people to get the wrong idea. Yeah, no, thank, goodness. thank goodness. All right, Coley, you're up. <clears throat> well, we're in the second round. Honestly, surprised this pick's still up on the board. What? We're in the third round now. We're snakes. Oh, I forgot. I got two picks. Yeah. Um, well, then I'm even more shocked. This is still uh, on the board. I'm going with uh, <clears throat> artist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who could that be? <laughs> you talk about <laughs> disappointment. If that guy could just fucking paint, boy, oh, boy, would we all be in a better place right now. <laughs> how pissed off do you think his parents were they sent him all the way to art school in fucking Bavaria oh, or whatever that's like, probably mm. why things unfolded the way they did like they gave him a beating you wouldn't remember look at my pointillism papa 
never come home. This is cubism, you fucking idiots. Every parent that sends their kids to art school has to have that thought in the back of their head. Like, <laughs> is it is it worth it? Yeah, this, yeah, I guess this if, kid hasn't been you, able to be in the lines his entire life. This is quite which, the risk. Which you have to go all in. You have to make sure you give them everything they need to succeed or don't send them at all. Yeah, but right. art school's tough because I think it would be cool to go to art school. Like, I generally think going, getting an education on something in the arts would be, like, enriching and all that shit. And it would enable you to follow your passions. Unfortunately, it would just be tough to, like, you know, pay the bills. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess, you know, yeah. that's, that's what we're talking about. It's a about. dilemma he faced. Yeah. Uh, back to, for the audience after picking Jordan's kids, they're now going to take both of Tom Hanks's adult sons, Chet Hanks uh-huh. and Colin Hanks. No, the actor. no, no, I, no, I have no problem with Colin. I feel like Colin yeah. has blazed his own trail, but a uh, Chet, Chet Hayes, <laughs> Chet, Chet Hayes. Hayes. <laughs> I'm going to play the clip here. Big up the youth, them way out of Kingston. I wake up this morning and I see the thing tunnel. Internet gone mad. Respect, you don't know. He has his degree from Northwestern University and speaks like that. Yeah, because because he he probably went to their journalism school and they're like, okay, like your only option for having a career right now is to go like fucking just have 3,000 followers on Twitter and have a blue check mark and fucking retweet everything or you could be a fail son rapper and make millions of dollars <laughs> and he's like i'll do that <laughs> well he's literally ross trent from the snl yeah. skit yeah <laughs> uh kb you're up all right um third is uh king tut who ruined the lineage of egypt uh he was only eight or nine um he was he had a club foot um, feminine hips. He couldn't walk. He had the motor skills of a, like a Venus flytrap. He, <laughs> he was the Genghis Khan of craniofacial anomalies. And he, he had a flat head. It was shaped like Missouri. And he, to be honest, he gets, there was a tut, uh, tut mania in like the 70s. Or he just got a lot of undeserved pop culture references the, the steve martin song i think that oh, was terrible yeah maybe I'm su- yeah i'm surprised you took him and not that that Habsburg heir that they called his name was like charles the ugly and like he was the last of the inbred Habsburg empire and he the inbred him literally out of existence like he was the ugliest person in the world oh charles II of spain oh yeah, yeah. oh like, was charles the, the was charles the bewitched Oh, I thought it was the ugly. But the pictures of him, like, even the paintings of him are ugly. And, like, they're paying those people to make them look good. And they still made him look ugly. That's how you know he was ten times worse than that. I'm not um, he's getting that fit off in that painting I'm looking at, though. It is nice. Uh, you got back to back, Kyle, Kyle you, uh, you defended – I mean, you said uh, Seth isn't in the top hundred of famous Seths. King Tut is probably the most famous Tut. He is. His, he's disappointing in the fact when you like realize who he actually was, like a, mm-hmm. a malshapen little boy. Versus. See, and that's disappointing because I clearly remember in the Peabody and Mr. Sherman or Mr. Peabody and Sherman movie or whatever it was, they go back in time and meet a, a King Tut who who is is pretty pretty normal. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wasn't. He was a disgrace. <laughs> then Egyptians also famous he was, he was a disgusting little boy. Uh, you got back to back, KB. Okay. Um, the char- the the little boy bear from the Charmin commercials who does the My High Clean <laughs> jingle. He's wearing underwear despite being a fur-ridden bear, um, and it's just my least my least favorite commercial jingle ever. The way you say Charmin is, <laughs> is, is hypnotic to me. Charmin? Charmin? Yeah. I have a Persian twang. Charmin? Charmin. He always has toilet paper. He always has little roaches in his butt, doesn't he? Some toilet yeah. paper roaches. Yeah. Yeah. He has like dingleberries right? from that. It looks like shaving cuts in his asshole, but it's the just little bits of toilet paper. Mark. I don't think I've ever had toilet paper get caught up in my butthole. Ever. I don't think that was a Charmin thing. Oh, Maybe I have a smooth have. butthole. Yeah. yeah, you must have a... Mm, yeah, a wound up butt. That's, Very that's wet butt. Different, different, different thing. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> um, the audience next pick was... Um, I think both of these have the same votes, but I'll just pick AJ Soprano for them, which is a great pick. Nobody likes AJ Soprano. Like, he serves his purpose to be hateable, but I don't think anybody enjoyed A.J. Soprano when watching The Sopranos. Yeah, but he, he, he exists. He's, he, yeah, he's disappointing as, like, in context of the show. But yeah. his, his character is essential to, to kind of, like, um, contrast the, the, the Tony's disappointment with his lifestyle and basically his son growing up with the affluence that is afforded him. Mm-hmm. Exactly, it's it's purposeful, but definitely Tony hated his fucking guts. Um, Cole, you're up. I mean, a lot of a lot of really good picks left up on the board, but give me Jackson Mahomes. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> uh, we all yeah. we all wanted him. Yeah, you know, I'm I, sho- again, great fourth round value. Shocked he's still there. Uh, to pair him with uh, young Hitler is is a dream for this franchise. Yeah, <laughs> imagine what's, the TikToks. What's with, wrong with, with one's what? artistic vision? <laughs> wait, 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 what's wrong? I don't know much about Jackson Mahomes. Like, what's he's just a TikToker, and uh, his brother's the fucking Super Bowl MVP and MVP and <laughs> yeah. best football he, player alive. He's he's also the size of an MVP quarterback. Yeah, that, right. he's like tall. He's way boy. taller than Patrick Mahomes, and I believe got like D one basketball offers, and was like, "Nah, I'm just TikToking." I respect he did not that. D one basketball. Go, going back to the Cooper Manning discussion, that is, if he wasn't good at sports, like I respect, like firmly slotting myself as the fail son who just rides the wave, baby. Yeah. Again, the I respect that. If I could change lives, but if you were the parent which is how I'm looking at this. You cannot be pumped about that. <laughs> I think as a parent, you just have to cut your loss and just be like, all right, we 50% hit. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Most incredible get 50% that. too. Yeah. Greatest, af- greatest football player alive and a TikToker. Um, actually, they kind of got that with the Greers, if you think about it. Yeah. They got Nash Greer, the football player, and then Will Greer. Or reverse Will is the you know what I mean. No, no, no. They have Hayes as well, which who is past Nash. Yeah, he's just ramping dirt bikes. Oh, I mean, that's even <laughs> better. Cool. They're two for three. Pretty cool. Um, all right, Trill, you're up. All right, I'm going to take your friend uh, who didn't have an N64. 
<laughs> shit. That shit sucked. You're going over Fuck, sleepover. So you're bad. like, you're like, you have your golden night cartridge with you and your friends just like, well, we don't. Or, or I'm sorry, maybe not didn't have an N64. It was, let me, let me rephrase it. It was your friend who had an N64, but had his N64 taken away from him for a period of time <laughs> due to bad behavior, but didn't tell you before the sleepover. So you couldn't bring over your own. N64. There was an air of hope. In Which has actually happened to me. Very disappointing. <laughs> yeah, this was sleepover. super personal. Yeah, yeah, I remember it. It, it. it taught me I always need to have an N64 in my bag. I keep an N64 in my emergency, like right next to my spare tire in, in my car. <laughs> Wait, well, there were some kids who only had like terrible games, though. Yeah, yeah. like like no offense to Banzo Kazooie, but like I didn't want to play that. Yeah. I wanted to play fucking go. No, again, Coley, no offense to Banzo. Uh, no, okay. I'm taking so we got Mortal Kombat Three the- Ultimate Killer Instinct. <laughs> Oh fuck! I, I I have Tony Hawk and Goldeneye. My friend says to come over. He doesn't tell me to bring them, and then he just has Glover. I'm going to fucking <laughs> flip. Oh Resident Evil God. Two. The only game he has is Resident Evil Two, and that's the worst sleepover game. <laughs> Get set Radio Future. <laughs> All right, uh, it's my pick, and I'm going to pick uh, Judge Reinhold because I think if you name your kid some a certain profession like you want them to do that i would assume and for him like his parents had that career path in mind for him and instead he was in like the star of beverly hills cop 2 and that's gotta suck you you expect Uh, him to be a high profile judge instead they're that's their best credit on their imdb that's his his name is judge yeah judge reynold fuck yeah that's rough that's rough all right nick you're up so i have two in a row right uh, yes. Your last um, I want to take Aiden Goslin. He was the spectacle boy from uh, John and Kate Plus Eight. He was uh, always everybody's favorite. Uh, he was a rascal. And ever since the show got canceled, I think he, he's the only one to be living with John. He doesn't talk to Kate. And he hasn't really done much. I was expecting him to be in some sort of controversy, maybe star in some roles. He had superstar potential. And hey, how old is Aiden? He's 16 now. Yeah, it's old enough. Yeah, and he squandered it away. Mm-hmm. Should be at least TikToking or something. His dad does a DJ sets of Chili's now in Pennsylvania, in Allentown area. Yeah, what's his DJ name? I forget. I don't know. I'll look it up. What's your next pick? Um, I'm gonna go with every ultrasound photo. They all look the same, and people post them, <laughs> uh, looking for compliments. Uh, like there was that one that went viral. It was a picture of an ultrasound, and the first comment was that lasagna looks crisp. Um, <laughs> good comment the, yeah the, the best taken down the best takedown of ultrasound photos and what people do with them is in the song incredible thoughts on the pop star con uh soundtrack <laughs> when he says or a picture of or a picture of an ultrasound with the santa hat drawn on <laughs> um it's always funny that there's an arrow pointing to the penis I, if yeah. it's a if it's a boy, so I might start doing that in my own photos, um, <laughs> like the Nirvana oh, guy, yeah. Or, or, yeah, just or, much like the Nirvana boy. But yeah, every the, you, uh, they're I like the doctor a, says he's he's like 90th percentile in the penis department from the ultrasound. <laughs> who, who was, who was I've the seen rapper, stuff like that. Didn't a rapper post a picture of an ultrasound, but he just Googled ultrasound because he didn't have his copy of his. But no, <laughs> like it just they all look the same, so it doesn't fucking matter. So, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me one bit. At all. 
yeah so all um, like like what are you expecting when you get your ultras like oh, okay it looks like all the other ones what did you think when you oh, saw well, yours I, I think what people post them it's it's like more relief like that everything's going relatively well during that stage of the pregnancy but a lot of people use them to you know here's the thing is like i certainly like i understand people's excitement because i've been there but like when you're in the moment you don't understand that nobody else gives a shit that you're having <laughs> yeah. a kid or any of your kid related things like they're, they're i'm shocked an influence Okay. I'm shocked an influencer hasn't gotten in hot water for like face tuning their ultrasound photo that they oh, yeah. <laughs> It's like, like damn, that's a smooth ass child. Well, are we talking about like the 3D ultrasounds though? Right? The those alien are, the alien ones? Yeah. 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 Well the oh, worst so are like cool. almost the commenters on Facebook were like, oh, he's gonna be a heartbreaker. Or like <laughs> a football star. Like when a football coach posts like, no. My next pick, I'm gonna pick Oedipus. And for obvious reasons, I mean, if you, you kill your dad and you cream pie your mom, you got to be a disappointment to your, yeah. to your family and your genealogy and to everyone around you, as he rightfully was. I just dried heat a little bit when you said that. <laughs> what you say? What'd you say? Yeah, just the combination of words you just said just kind of like made me like have that bad feeling in the back of my throat. <laughs> Cream pie, your mom is tough. I just, I just, I don't like it. We talk about that all the time with what's the dad boat movie where Matthew McConaughey is actually like a video game character and it's his son playing as his dad fucking his mom. Yeah, but the 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 phrase you use, the 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 confectionery. He dug out his mom. What's the big deal? That's better though. That I I just the the. Look, that's what I'm saying. Beating mama puss's cheeks. <laughs> there it is. He ate his mom's yeah. gruel. What's the big deal? <laughs> Coley, who was uh, Boston Cream Pie? What? Who was that a nickname for? Boston, Boston Cream Pie? I don't know. Trombone Cream Pie? You said <laughs> Cream Pie. That was it, yeah. That was, that was the, the, the Juggalo, right? Yeah. Trombone. <laughs> 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 pie symbol. Not. <laughs> All right, uh, Trill, you're up next. All right, let's last see. Pick. Last pick. Um, I'm gonna have to go with like any kids who are big fans of the Van Warp tour. <laughs> they, they never, like, I don't think, I don't think they were in a good place in their teenage years. That's 100 yeah. percent true. A lot. I, of I never did it though. Died there and like got serious injuries. Well, I think a lot of people were dehydrated, and then they yeah. started. They started. Uh, have you read about the Monster Tour water? Wait, what? Look it up, oh, Monster. What? So, so for the in the, like, I think it was the Warp Tour. Monster Energy Drink put water into their monster cans and called it Tour Water, and yeah. so that way, the, like the onstage <laughs> talent could drink the monster, and it looked like they were drinking monster. Oh, one making you know all the seventeen-year-olds in the crowd want to go get no monster on, on top of the already you know overworked hearts they had going due to the heat and the alcohol they were on. Uh, but it, yeah, it's monster tour water, and I think people are trying to collect them. Yeah, I've imagine got a dying somewhere around of, here. Imagine <laughs> dying in a pair of Osiris shoes, high tops. Yeah, like, <laughs> yep, the tongue is just so big; it goes up to your kneecap. <laughs> it's like yellow and orange and green. It's the most offensive and the, blend. And coat. a pocket, and it's a pocket. Yeah, just laying oh. lifeless in the supine position with a dumbass shoe. <laughs> no one can <laughs> <just, laughs> Or just like you're just standing in a crowd and Rodney Mullen wipes out in the vert and his skateboard de- decapitates you. 
it, all you see is the head roll one way and the cookie uh, cookie monster head flat brim roll the other way. The paramedics check your wrist to see if you had any medical conditions. You wear that bracelet and it just says, I heart boobies. Like a bull, Bam Margera got oh. enraged at my Elmo hat and <laughs> furiously attacked me like... <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> they can't recognize the body they can just <laughs> he had a stick and poke heartogram tattoo <laughs> and that doesn't really narrow it down Look, we don't know much about him this guy loved ufc everything's want, tap out i just want to be an 80 year old man like you know like i, I like I'm, I'm too old for the warp tour let's say i was like 15 when the warp tour is big like, it was just getting started out when i was a teen but it wasn't like the modern warp tour um, but like, what if you're 15 and the warp tour came out and you're 80 and you're just telling stories that you're like, you know, back in my day, I gave Rob Deerdeck the idea for the fantasy factory. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All, all right, Coley, your last pick. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, George Foreman. Any of them. Yeah. <laughs> one. One. one of them. I guarantee stinks. Well, well, it's there was the girl were, were the girl ones named Georgina or am I missing mm-hmm. getting that wrong? Or I'm just pretty George? sure they're all George. <laughs> I just I feel so bad for them. Can you imagine? Yeah, they've got that grill money coming in for the rest of time. I'm sure they have George make- Foreman air fryer by now. They're fine, mm-hmm. but I'm sure one of them still stinks more than the rest of them. He had to make more money from the grill than he did boxing, right? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. He was boxing for sandwiches when he first started. Because I don't even think I've seen him in a fight, even on YouTube, which is pretty bad. I'm gonna have to watch him eventually. He right. had a good, he had a good like uh, husky physique. That's why I was liked about him as a boxer. <laughs> What's the tweet? To, and Cole, you'll know this that he did, where he's like, "No, everyone's got to go out and live their life because not everyone can live because your friends are dying or something like that." That was him, right? I don't remember <laughs> any uh, George uh, Foreman. It's it's him like saying they're like like Tweets. hey and it's and it's it's like uh, I don't remember the phrasing exactly but it's something like that it's like just because your friends are dead doesn't mean you can't live. What if you signed up for Twitter and that was one of the first accounts they recommended you follow? It's like follow these accounts, George Foreman. Uh, he made a quarter billion dollars off the grill. Oh yeah, like him okay. personally. And he's not giving any of that to the Georges either. Probably the grill, not, no. The funny part about that grill is there was nothing revolutionary about it's it. panini press. I don't really understand yeah, it, just, it. It was a press that, that squeezed out all the delicious parts. Yeah, it was on an angle. <laughs> like, it was on an angle, and it, yeah, it squeezed out all the fat and good stuff from the burger. It stinks. I, know, I think it would have been a revolutionary product if it would have found some way to burn the oil off. And you didn't have to have that little oil tray that you had to drink. Right. It all made you drink True. that. Okay, yeah, don't drink that. Um. <laughs> Wait, you guys didn't have to drink that? yeah it's like when mom makes a cake and you get to lick the spoons when she's making burgers you get to drink the oil tray do you want my george foreman juice george foreman juice georgie juice yeah monster energy drink george foreman juice oh no uh all right audience audience last pick uh they're going with jeb bush and i Uh, this is steel that's a steel it's an absolute steal I was I just, actually had him as my fifth. Go with the uh, the Kennedy that just lost in Massachusetts. Yeah, I don't even know what his name is. The redhead one. He stinks. Joe. Oh, Joe Kennedy. 
Joe Kennedy third. Yeah. Yeah, that oh, with his wet mouth and pale lips. I hate that guy. He looks, looks like, like he's been... a... Go ahead. I was just say he looks like he's been doused in like in like like Vaseline constantly. You can't even yeah. douse someone in Vaseline. It's solid at first. <laughs> I think it's like if someone was trying to like draw a teenage Conan O'Brien from memory. <laughs> <laughs> dousing in vaseline is like trying to dump vaseline on somebody like they sponsor the kids choice awards to replace the slime hold on it's <laughs> stuck you know the, the the funny part about like i feel like jeb bush was supposed to be the kid who became president like i, I know he's like mm-hmm. a little bit younger than than w but he's smarter like, though yeah, it seems like the straight laced one that was supposed to be president like w is out there having a good time or whatever and it just like is that that charisma that got W like to where it was, and then Jeb just like had to follow it up. But he just doesn't he doesn't have that like gear, didn't have that mm-hmm. gear. Um, and that's why I think Jeb's relatable in that way. I do yeah. like it when people use their initials as their first name. It's much yes. like Bam Margera. Um, mm-hmm. But he they, is they, that is that's not his initials, is it? Yeah, his uh, yeah, his first his name name's is. No, Bam is it's Barack Amadeus Margera. That's <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's Barack. <laughs> Barack Margera. <laughs> uh, Tell me that wouldn't have shocked you. Barry Marks is our is Pascal. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've given Don Vito plenty of time to pay his rent, and uh, I just want to say, kick him out of the house. <laughs> All right, KB, you're rounding out the draft. Your last pick. I was going to go with Jeb Bush. Um, Do you want some of the audience picks that got left off the board? No, I'll go with um, Randy Bilzerian. (laughs) What? What? There's there's another Bilzerian? There's another Bilzerian. (laughs) I feel like you could take both here and get them. Randy? It's It's (laughs) ironic that the world's horniest man isn't named Randy. It's his brother. It's Dan's nine-year-old son, Randy. Oh, Bilzerian. no! He has a, <laughs> he has a son? Yes. He was, he's just a disgrace to Dan. He's, he has less Instagram followers than Funyuns. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he got adopted by a family in Saskatoon, Canada. <laughs> yeah, he was conceived at... He was conceived at a, a rooftop party and, or no, he was conceived at Betsy DeVos's 50th yacht party. Um, the 50th yacht she acquired, not her birthday. Yes, yes, yeah. I'm trying to uh, I just Googled give this it. guy more of a bio. <laughs> yeah, this isn't real. <laughs> I 100% believed you at the, the entire time. Yeah, Randy. <laughs> well, I'm about to Photoshop this. Randy, oh, Randy's it. only had had two heart attacks by the time he turned 18. <laughs> Dan fucking hates him. Grew uh, an intolerance to steroids at age eight. Disowned him <laughs> immediately. Randy sent him like the squirt gun emoji once, and you got. But um, yeah. <laughs> In a perfect world, Randy Bilzerian exists as Dan's son that no, he no longer talks to. <laughs> he, he's he's never had to unload escorts from his private plane because the plane is too heavy to take off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to Photoshop this now too. I'm gonna have to make. Yeah, it please make him look as whack and as virginish as possible. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna make like, him really yeah, like, skinny, like a child that's never fucked. 
Okay, he's gonna have a <laughs> monogram. He's gonna have a monogram <laughs> Swiss Instruments backpack for sure. Swiss Army <laughs> backpack. He should be Dan Bilzerian's thirty-two-year-old son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually make him. Oh, really the large adult old. sons would have been a great you, pick in this. Ken Jack, never mind. Make you him really age. old. Yeah, I'll make Oof. him way close to his age because Dan Bilzerian <laughs> fucked when he was also nine years old. Okay, uh, so I'm just gonna wrap up our picks before we sign off. Nick, you got Freddie Adu, you got the baby angel emoji, you got John Baptiste Sacagawea's dollar baby, and um, uh, you got the spectacle boy from John and Kate Plus Eight, and you yeah, have all yeah, and you have all ultrasound picks. Uh, I have Goro Miyazaki, I have Leo Pointing, I have Alex Adams, Judge Reinhold, and Oedipus. Uh, Trill has Bobby from Bobby's World, Baby Huey, Theodore from the Chipmunks, your friend from the with the Nintendo sixty four that doesn't have it. Uh, and Van Warped Tour Kids, Cole, you have Cooper Manning, Craig Sager Jr., Artist <laughs> Jackson Mahomes, and George Foreman. Uh, audience had Caillou, Michael Jordan's kids, Tom Hanks' kids, AJ Soprano, and Jeb Bush. KB, you have you have Seth God. That's what I wrote in there. I didn't know because they have a last name. Last name is God. Seth God. What's his last name? I don't know. Um, Jason Man. He's literally Seth, Seth the First. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> J- Are you Chan. God? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your name be seth uh jc chang king tut the little bear from charmin and randy bilzerian <laughs> randy <laughs> it's randy all right thanks for, randy thanks for joining us guys that was actually really fun all right i think that's it for us today uh, we'll be back to your regular scheduled programming uh later this week with jeff and i'm ken jack this is trill 